Hello and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the Infinity Train. Oh, nope, I messed it up. It's Infinity Train, no article. Uh, <laughs> joined by the most wanted criminal in the podcast car, it's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? Yeah, alright, I guess, all things considered. And also, to your credit, at least, like, we took off last week because of me being sick, so it's like, it's technically been a little bit, but not a whole lot. But also, to be fair, I often do think that the show would be called The Infinity Train rather than just Infinity Train. Well, yeah, we had a whole bit about that back in the first episode yeah. of the series. I, I think it's just because, like, since we were going through Owl House for so long, since we started with that, then took breaks from it to do She-Ra, and then came back to it every once in a while in the middle of that, I think it's just because of that that we're still getting a bit thrown off or something. Well, I think it's at least partially because Infinity Train, the name starts with an adjective, right? Mm -hmm. So you want an article to lead into it. That's just how English works. Yeah. Like, uh, the Owl House would feel weird if the show was just called Owl House. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it was okay with She-Ra because that starts with a proper noun, so yeah. it doesn't need the article. Yeah, I mean, that's that's blank and the blank <laughs> kind of deal. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's, that's classic title. That is, that is like, uh, basically yours doing, like, oh yeah, that's basically just saying Legend of Zelda. It's just G-Rod and the princesses. <laughs> <laughs> actually, now I'm trying to think. Was there a Zelda game that actually was, like, something in the blank? I don't think so. Nah, um, not that I can think of. have to take your word for it. The only thing I know about Zelda is that it's that elf who inexplicably is not a girl for some reason. Yeah, it's still weird that they don't let you play Zelda. <laughs> Like, I guess we'll just get into it, because, I mean, I've been playing a shit ton of Tears of the Kingdom since it released a week ago, but, uh, I mean, with this, it's like, at least they came up with a decent enough reasoning for why Zelda's kind of not around and it's Link on his own again, after the way Breath of the Wild went, of like, yeah, you, you helped her out and beat Ganon. I still don't know, the, I haven't seen enough of the story still to know why it was like, oh, we beat Calamity Ganon, but... Also, the man Ganondorf is here. Still, <laughs> I thought it was like it's a different guy. Don't worry about it. But it, it's kind of not. <laughs> it's not like how they were like, oh, Vati is different than Ganondorf, and Demise is like the, spe the like the hate spirit that became channeled through like all these different guys, mostly Ganondorf or whatever. Uh, Demise being in Skyward Sword and everything. It's in like apologies a... for the noise. Ziggy is rubbing her face on the microphone suspension rig, which oh, is kitty. exactly the sort of problem the suspension rig was supposed <laughs> to uh, prevent. Yeah, I guess you didn't even mention. You did say you bought a new mic. I did. Yeah, it's it is a pretty nice condenser microphone. Um, I am hoping that this works pretty okay for the show, but we'll just have to see how that goes because this is the first episode I'm recording with yeah. it. You do sound clearer for what it's worth, just to me. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah it, it, would be, uh, it would be really bad if you paid all that money for a new mic and then it was worse. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, this came out to like 50 bucks Canadian. So. Okay, yeah, that, yeah, I guess, I mean, if you're just doing one-to-one, -one, like 50 bucks for a mic in the U.S. is also kind of standard, I think. At least for like a decent quality one, right? Yeah, the thing is, is that there's a, I, I call it a rummage shop across mm -hmm. from my house, but I don't know what the real word is. And they get a ton of, like, unsold merchandise, and uh, post offices who can't deliver packages will sell the boxes to them and that sort of thing. So I got this is fancy mic legal? for $14. Is it legal to... Yeah. Huh. If a package is unclaimed or rejected, then yeah, they gotta do something with it. Huh. Weird. Is that just a Canada thing, or is that, like, also America? 
I assume it's in the States. Uh, I know that there's, like, at least one place in the States where you can buy uh, lost articles from planes, so... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, that's, but... that still sounds a bit weird. I get, that's like a... That's like if those, like, storage war shows were actually real kind of deal of, like, well, this was left here, even though it's, like, somebody's family heirloom or whatever, so deal with it. <laughs> well, again, it's not just them running around collecting packages. It's the post office specifically giving them stuff that couldn't be delivered. Yeah, I guess. I just always think back to, like, one of those episodes of Storage War where, like, some, some member of my family is like, look, Vi, they found the NES in here. This is worth a lot, like they're saying, right? And I'm like, yeah, maybe for a collector, but for the average person, no. And also, <laughs> th th God, those shows are so fucking fake all the time. There's always one person that finds something good, one person that finds something shit, one per and it's always the person who finds it, uh, something shit who's just like, I got a guy who could buy this, and, and I'll still good, do good on this, and it's always like, fuck you, no you don't. <laughs> you do not know well, a guy who wants to buy used shower curtains or whatever. <laughs> I always, guess I'm the case. person who found something good, because I also got a brand new ring light and a fancy airbrush for model painting on the same day, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's different. That's you going to an actual store. This isn't reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, occasionally uh, I actually mean, do find weird like... stuff at, like, uh, second-hand stores. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. But I, I feel like I'm understating the extent to which this place is a series of, like, 15 giant bins that each have boxes on them, and the boxes have what's in the box scribbled on them, and then you just pay $10 for a box. <laughs> And it's like just kind of a grab bag of like, well, th this this is what's in here. Mm, not sure about the quality though, or what else is going to necessarily be in there, because it just says like audio equipment or whatever. So it might be what yeah. I want. <laughs> like for this stuff, I knew what it was because it was still in original packaging, so mm -hmm. it, it wasn't as much of a grab bag. They just like taped the boxes yeah, okay. shut and tossed yeah. them in there. But gotcha. yeah, that's kind of the general idea. I honestly don't know where they get half their stuff. It's like they've got Jujutsu Kaisen wall scrolls in there. The last time I went, there was just a loose lesbian flag tossed in one of the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> just an entire mountain of phone cases that I'm, may or may I'm not have been used. I don't know. I'm really curious how it is that like a lesbian flag ends up at like a, a secondhand store. Yeah. <laughs> is it is it like a person who like like is it like a AFAB person who thought they were a lesbian and then was like, wait a sec, I'm actually trans, I'm a dude <laughs> or something. And then they're like, yeah, Well, no I guess idea. it doesn't really fit me as much even though obviously I know like, you know, you can be a lesbian whether or not you were born a lady mm -hmm. or not. You know, everybody has their own ways of uh, describing themselves. Yeah. But it's like, that's, but, a, that's the, kind of the only scenario I can think of, right? That somebody realized they weren't a lady, but they still like ladies, so they were like, yeah, this doesn't fit me as well? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no idea. It wasn't, like, packaged or anything. They just balled it up and threw it in one of the bins. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Weird. it's a very weird store, and sometimes it has good stuff, and hopefully that means better audio for the show in the future. <laughs> Ideally. I still have to basically find uh, a better one for myself as well at some point. Also, why I don't know who these three people are who have liked the t the tweet amendment where I put in there that I was going to talk about Zelda on the podcast because it's it's like three ladies. One of them has like kind of titty out. It, it's clearly got to be bots, I think, and the following the podcast, I think. <laughs> Listen, I locked my account because I have to look for a job right now. Mm -hmm. 
and in the time since I have locked my account, I have gotten about a dozen porn bots asking to follow me, oh, which fine. is not the case when I'm not locked. This is a new exclusive to locked Twitter, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, no, I think I'm still pretty good with that. Just looking at who's following me, it looks like it's mostly still, uh, roughly the same. I don't know. There's still this one person who I'm still suspicious of because it's like I don't know because the username looked a little bit like it could be fake, but also they have a PFP of Lucin as their as their <laughs> icon on Twitter, so I'm like, hmm, not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm ground. still small enough that I check out everyone who follows me because I don't want Nazis on my profile. Yeah, I mean, same, so. fair. Yeah, same. I mean, but to be fair, also, most of the people I follow are people who are in the main Discord we're in. Yeah. Also, apparently, I get uh, right. I think I I think I covered this before. I get, I'm followed by a, a bunny account, and I think the bunny has passed away. Yeah, because it's oh no. The last picture of the bunny was from back in June 2020. <laughs> Unless maybe this mm. person just doesn't post it anymore. I don't know. I I hope that's just the case, and the bunny didn't pass away, and that's why they don't. <laughs> That could be. I think pet accounts tend to fall off after a while, unless they get super popular. Yeah, like like how uh, the, the account for Zelda the, the Cat, who I think is in like the UK, where Zelda the Cat has a lot of Twitter account, uh, followers, and I don't know, I still to this day forget what it is that I brought up, mentioned to the person who runs the account to make the cat also follow me, because the cat follows me and I don't remember what the fuck it was. <laughs> like, what was it? I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like I was saying, Zelda, uh, it's kind of fucking insane how they managed to make a, another Zelda game that is, like, just as surprising and gigantic as Breath of the Wild, but even more so. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, you, you didn't, like, you don't play Zelda games, right? Uh, not really. I did try Breath of the Wild, but it was just extremely not the game for me, so I got maybe, uh, like, five hours in there total. Mm. Was there something in particular about it you didn't like? Considering that you uh, play a bunch of big open world games like Assassin's Creed? Yeah, well, I guess the thing is, is that, and I'm gonna get crucified for saying this, Breath of the Wild is comparatively really boring. There's just so much nothing in that game. Like You, you, you might honestly like Tears of the Kingdom a little bit, just because I've seen a lot of people, and I also feel like this myself, that there's just even more stuff in this. Like, like yeah, like there's still like maybe some expanses of like, okay, well, you gotta like look around a little closely to see if this is like where a Korok would be or something, or if there's like something hidden around, but it's like, it just feels like there's so much more, and that's because they've made the map like three times the size now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, turns well. I probably close to like two and a half times because like you still have like the the base world that was in Breath of the Wild, but it's changed up enough because of the shit that happens early on, where it's like, right, well, the towers are in different places and the great fairies moved around and shit, so <laughs> you got different stuff going on there, like different, all the Koroks are in different places because I guess that giant Korok buddy who dances with the maracas lost them all again for some fucking reason. <laughs> but like uh. I mean, they have the Sky Islands, which is what, well, one of the main Sky Islands is, like, serves as a new tutorial, so you don't start in the same place at least. But it's mostly still there to teach you your new abilities, like before. But, uh, and then this is something they didn't show in the things, but it's kind of well known at this point, but they also added a giant underground <laughs> version of Hyrule, <laughs> which you find pretty <laughs> early on. It's, like, maybe, like, four or five hours in that you would, uh, find it out because they actually instruct you to get there once you get the glider. 
because there's just a really big hole near where you jump off the sky islands to the ground after the tutorial, and it's like, oh, this is like really fucking dark, terrible shit world, <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> there's like, there's the tower, like towers equivalents there, but they only light up a little bit around. There's like, I found fucking treasure maps that lead to specific places in there to find like old Zelda clothing, which used to just be tied to amiibos in the original game. So, not as good. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I found, like, stuff like Sheik's Mask and, like, the uh, Wind Waker Link shirt and stuff like that, and that used to all just be tied to Amiibos, which not fun. I don't know. I kind of like it when stuff is Amiibo-tied, as long as it's not tied to a specific Amiibo. It's a neat, neat yeah. thing to have as Yeah, it's, it's like Yeah, it's like how a lot of the other Amiibos, like, I think you could scan anything, and you occasionally get, like, just, like, food or different materials dropped from yeah. it in Breath of the Wild. I do especially like that apparently if you scan the Ganondorf amiibo in Tears of the Kingdom, occasionally he just drops a fucking bomb on you. And it's like, I saw that going around as a tweet being like, wait, this is like a goddamn assassination attempt? This is unintentional? This wasn't a glitch? This is, okay, this guy's actually trying to kill you via his amiibo for the amusement. But it's just like, it's just, they just took everything that they has a framework and was just like, how can we make this shit even weirder? Because like... <laughs> You know, because, like, you had Magnesis, so you can only make, like, metal objects move around. Everything else you have to basically pick up or manipul like, manipulate them other way. Now you just can fucking grab whatever counts as an object via the Ultra Hand, like, fusing thingy that you can just glue stuff together. So it's <laughs> like, okay, well, you, you, you don't have your ice power anymore to cross water, but you could just build yourself a goddamn bridge with that, <laughs> whatever you got. And so it's just, like, it's, it's so weird. It's... The, the other fuse mechanic of like strapping weapons and other, to your weapons and shields and stuff and like other things in the environment is so fucking goofy. It's like <laughs> earlier I had like uh, one of those like skeletal bacoplin arms in my inventory and I was fighting like this big like uh, robot boss and I selected fuse because like I actually had two arms glued to each other because it makes like kind of a strong weapon but it's a skeleton arm it has like no durability. And so like the one at the, at the front broke and I was like, okay, what's around here that could possibly fuse to it to replace something while it still has a little bit of durability? And I found out that robot thing, if you break it apart a little bit, you can just grab one of its, like, block parts of it and just also use that. And also you can just grab them with, like, the other Ultra Hand ability and just rip them off until eventually it has nothing left so it just falls apart so you can fight it easy here. And so <laughs> I just stole one of his fucking blocks and was just using that at the end of my uh, fucking skeleton hands. And then at one point, I accidentally also glued a spring to a skeleton hand, and it called it a bouncy bones, which I just found very amusing. Because <laughs> it's like, you, you're really gonna make this in, you're gonna make this in here? People are gonna make this a penis joke, of course. <laughs> As though there aren't enough penis jokes already from people making Breath of the, uh, Tears of the Kingdom stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, they just, they really just took, like, what they had and were just like, let's just make this fucking weird. <laughs> Because again, it's like it, all the people making like mechs and like Korok torture devices for carrying those Koroks with the backpacks to their buddy and everything. It's just really weird. I saw a person made like a horse catcher where it was just like a big like list, like long of like logs with wood at the end that you could just basically maneuver it to drop it on top of a horse. This way the horse can't escape so you can catch it easily. It's so weird. <laughs> And also, I still don't know what's the point of using horses or, like, cars in that game necessarily because you want to explore on foot anyway because you're going to miss stuff if you don't, just, if you go past it fast. <laughs> like, yeah, there's times where you want to, like, have, like, some sort of flying machine at your disposal to reach stuff, but it's like, 
so weird. It's it's such a weird game. <laughs> can you can slap a fish onto the end of an arrow and shoot that at people? Because <laughs> to be fair, like meat actually will distract enemies if you shoot meat towards them. Yeah, I don't know. It's, hmm. it's so it's so weird. It's such a strange game. <laughs> Well, yeah, fair enough. I was gonna ask if fish really counts as meat, but fair enough, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. It, that's always been like a weird middle ground, I find. Like even as a kid, like when it was like, oh, yeah, it's Ash Wednesday, you can't eat meat, but you can, you can have fish if you want. It's like, uh, yeah. what's the difference here? Because if you're saying no meat, it's like, well, this is also a sentient animal. It's like. If, if you were to eat it in the wild, you'd, you'd probably be saying, like, ah, I'm eating its meat to keep going or something. <laughs> like, it's, it's the same <laughs> thing. It's it's the sentient life that you kill to eat. <laughs> I don't I don't. I guess it's like... Fish is definitely meat in the sense that it is an animal made of meat, yeah? <laughs> but for whatever reason, there's, like, this dietary divide. And I was curious if the Zelda game respects the dietary divide <laughs> of Catholics. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've seen tons of people crucify Koroks in this game on, like, Twitch and, uh, not Twitch, uh, like, Twitter and TikTok and stuff like that. But I haven't seen anybody talk about actual religion in this game. I mean, yeah, that brings up, like, the older stuff of, like, well, in some of the early depictions from the first Zelda game, Link had, like, a full-on, like, cross on his shield, and I think there were talks about him praying to God, so who knows. But, uh, I don't <laughs> think that's around anymore. I think they got away from that stuff. Like, they even had to redesign the mirror shield, I think, between Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, because it also had, like, I think, uh, I think it was, like, Islamic imagery on it, technically? Like, in a sense, it could be interpreted as such. I definitely remember there was also like a re-release of Ocarina of Time, like I think on the GameCube re-release, as part of that like four pack with the silver GameCube, that they had to like change the chanting in the Fire Temple because it also sounded a little bit like I think Muslim chanting in nature. I feel like it was like something like that. It's like weird stuff that they had to tweak with uh, Ocarina of Time for re-releases and sequels and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, it's like, it's so weird that it's like, I mean, I feel like so many people have at least played like one Zelda, but it sounds like you really haven't played any, really, even the older ones, right? Uh, I've played a little bit of Ocarina, but I got bored with that also. Yeah, Ocarina has like, kind of a weird start to it, like, they kind of like, make you go around, like, the Kokiri, uh, Kokiri Forest a little bit to get like, the sword and shield before you can even go to the first dungeon. It's like a little bit more prolonged than like the intro to even like link to the past where it's just like yeah go go to the castle here this clear obvious path takes like five minutes and get the sword and shield and then go in a dungeon <laughs> to be clear i didn't make it to the dungeons in ocarina they just weren't interesting to me so mm. yeah but, I, like I, I didn't just run around the forest and quit i do give games a chance <laughs> yeah like, I mean, that's, like, one thing that I wonder if you would actually like more, like, the dungeon designs in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, because, like, they're, like, kind of strange to call them dungeons in Breath of the Wild. They're definitely way more of, like, dungeon kind of dungeons in Tears of the Kingdom, where it's, like, you're not having to manipulate certain parts of the giant structure like you did in Breath of the Wild with those mm -hmm. divine beasts, like, raising the elephant trunk up and stuff like that. This is more just like, it's it's kind of cut from the same cloth of like, yeah, you gotta activate five terminals to fight the boss, but it's like, at least the bosses are not just all the same copy of a weird shadowy Ganon, in a sense. 
different, <laughs> different elements associated with them, like spoilers for the uh, the Rita one, I guess, early on. That's like the kind of the one that they kind of lead you to the first. Uh, similar to how you had to do like kind of did like the Zoro one first. A lot of people did in Breath of the Wild, but like it's like a big flying ice centipede monster. <laughs> You don't even really shoot it, like, uh, slash it at all. You gotta more shoot it with arrows than anything, because you're just flying around in your glider most of it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, at least that's different than just shoot Phantom Ganon or whatever in the face and then run up with him with a sword while he's this monster mm -hmm. hanging on the ceiling four times. <laughs> oh, that was another thing that got me to drop Breath of the Wild pretty quick, mm -hmm. is... So I really dislike weapon durability in general. Mm -hmm. Uh think it tends to be a bad mechanic unless there are very specific backup systems that Breath of the Wild does not have. And uh, then you do the first dungeon and it gives you this super special awesome weapon and it just snaps in yeah, half like everything yeah. else. You, those at least you can get back. Like I know that... You they're... can and all it takes is an incredibly rare material. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had anything like that happen with uh, that, the uh, Wind Temple aka Stormark uh or Stormwind Dark, I think it was called, that first sentence I did. I didn't get, like, some, like, here's a special weapon, also fuck you if you use it kind of deal. Yeah. Because <laughs> I heard that when I, before I even, because I went and got, like, I did, like, the whole, like, 13 hearts to even get the rest of it before doing any of the dungeons the first time around in Breath of the Wild. I oh, say, wow. I'd say first, the only time, because I never actually went that far and played it again that way, because it was just too much. And, uh, because, like, basically by that point, I was like, I have the Master Sword, why would I use this stuff? And I basically put it in on display in Link's house so you can buy it. <laughs> Just because it's like, I heard people say, this is annoying to replace, I'm going to put it in here. Because it's like, he ha <laughs> he's keeping the weapons from his old friends from 100 years ago, in pristine condition kind of deal. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, uh, again, like, it's, it's, it still is kind of similar with that. Like, I wouldn't say the weapons are less durable, but they definitely... Or like, oh, story reasons, a lot of, like, the old weapons they could get, you know, like, actual, like, physical man-made weapons are, like, all rusted and stuff, so you have to base, not, like, rusted, like, the rusty weapons, it's more just like, oh, they're kind of fucked up in general, so that's why they have the fuse mechanic to basically get them back up into, like, normal damage condition, but, like, it still makes them, like, twice as durable, basically, by having them fused. So, mm -hmm. I w so yeah, I feel like they kind of, like, they came up with that idea to basically kind of offset the durability, it's still there. But it's not as bad because it's like there's still like so many things in the environment that you can just be like, okay, well all you got around is you, uh, it's just like tree branches. Just grab one of those. There's a rock nearby. Fuse it together. Boom, you got a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. Well, it... I have heard that you can fuse broken weapons to stuff in this game. So that being the case, I feel like I would be more into that just because yeah. the the weapon is still a usable resource and not a stupid piece of trash that's stuck yeah. in your inventory or Yeah, like, the, like there are so many weapons, especially way early on, that are just useless, but it's like, again, like, you know, early on, you're mostly finding stuff like tree like tree branches and stuff, or like even like sticks, because they put in sticks now in the game besides tree branches, and the sticks are better. But it's like, especially once you get the fuse mechanic, it's like, alright, well, what fucking bullshit can I come up with? I'll put a spear on my other spear, and then Link has this giant, like, ten-foot-long spear on, on his back. It's it's really goofy that because it's like basically like the base weapon is the one that like determines how you swing it. So like if it's like a spear, like as a baseline, no matter what you have on top of it, is he's still like doing like the stab forward motion. So even if you put like a great sword on the end of it or a rock, he's still stabbing with it like that. If you have like a one-handed sword but you attack like again like a great sword to it, he's still swinging it with one hand even though it's a giant fucking sword. 
So it's it's real goofy. That boy has such good strength. <laughs> it's yeah. Again, it's. I mean, a lot of what Nintendo has said is like they were like, yeah, this game is because we had so many fucking weird ideas that we just could not put in or justify in Breath of the Wild, so we wanted to basically do this. And it's like, you can see why this game took so long for them to release, because I think they announced it back in like 2019 or something. And it was supposed to be a 2022 game, but got delayed. I, I cannot imagine what it would have been, must have been, ah, what it must have been like to uh, QA this game, because it's like, <laughs> how do you accommodate for every fucking different like uh, item combination you could possibly do? Sounds like a fucking nightmare. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to ask about QAing this game, you could always talk to Ashley on uh, the True, yeah, yeah, I did see that she said that this was like the last game on Nintendo that she worked on or something. Yep. Which I think she, like, I think she got let like, go from Nintendo like. Like, like a year ago or something, so it's like, yeah, they must have been queuing this game for so long. <laughs> or something, something like that. If I'm remembering correctly. Uh, could not recall, but something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you been up to anything, though? <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. You know, I mean, still looking for a job and rummaging at that weird store, but... <laughs> uh, mostly... The fun stuff I've been doing is I've gone back to playing Midnight Suns. I didn't have time to finish Star Wars because uh, the Storm DLC came out, and so now I can finally play the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, yeah, because you said that they just you can't you have to basically like play do the game again more or less with uh, the characters right once they added them. Yeah, pretty much. They don't add, like they don't exactly add retroactively. Yeah. If you finish the game, you can go back and explore and then just play the DLC packs, but that doesn't really fit, because they do happen at specific points during the, the game's story, you know? Right. So if you play the game from the beginning, then you can play those DLCs as they happen, and it works narratively, and it's not just you sitting at the table and playing through just the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. I remember we talked about this back when Midnight Suns release when you're bringing that up of like us talking about yeah. like yeah, it's like when you play through like Mass Effect and then they release like the DLC that adds Kasumi later on, like six months mm -hmm. later yeah. or whatever, and it's like well, great, now, now you're telling me that if I want to actually use Kasumi as a character, I gotta play through this game again. Actually, yep. you really don't because Kasumi doesn't have much to add besides her Dorothy's and nothing else. To be fair, she had more than Saeed. Zaid had jack shit <laughs> besides his Aussie mission. <laughs> oh, but Zaid had that thing where you could either uh, do what he wants and murder a guy or let a thousand innocent people burn to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like just as more time goes by, the worse the politics of Mass Effect just are revealed to be. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, Mass Effect. <laughs> but they're selling a Garrus Vicarian body pillow on their store, so they're yeah, not all Yeah, I, I, did, I did see that, yeah. <laughs> also, that fucking tally photo, which was just, like, them photoshopping a real-life ladies photo. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, this is the updated version. It's not the original Getty Images one. <laughs> okay. But uh, it's still just a photoshopped lady. <laughs> did they drastically change what it looked like for the re-releases? Like, for uh, the Mass Effect trilogy? I think they actually patched it into the original game, but let me see if I, I can I grab thought, that real Oh, quick. okay, because I remember, like, you know, the original bad picture wasn't there if you, like, kept, like, the tally romance in 3, 
because that's how you got that photo. I didn't remember. Okay, it. yeah, it looks like that was just for the remaster. I would have to imagine um, that they probably wouldn't have gone and edited, like, the 360 version of the game, yeah. It's like, God, there's, like, original Xbox, well, not original Xbox Live, but Xbox Live on 360 is still ongoing, right? <laughs> Unlike I'm, I'm doing it on PS3. <laughs> Uh, I guess it would be, yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't think, because I don't remember hearing anything about Microsoft trying to kill it off, like, Xbox Live on 360. Compared to how, like, it got, like, pretty widespread there when Sony was doing that for PSP and PS3. Yeah. Okay, um... So I couldn't find a picture of just it by itself, but I'm dropping an image of the original face into our recording channel. Oh That's it on the right there. Uh, you can see that that is a totally ordinary oh, right. Getty Images yeah, okay. photo. Yes, I do, I do remember just how worse it was now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the updated version is still pretty bad, but it's, you know, at least it's not literally the first Getty Image search right. results. Right, yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> They at least, like, put in some effort by actually... I guess, actually, how would Tally even remove the glass from her helmet but not the rest of the helmet? <laughs> well, clearly, the faceplate just uh, opens up like an X-Wing cockpit. But that's the thing, though. Like, they need to live in their, like, exosuits or whatever, so you'd think it would be designed not to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, like, the whole point of this is that... Because they still have to take off their suits to have sex, is the thing. That's that's very explicit in the game, so they have to be able to get out of them. <laughs> you tell you telling me these suits just don't come with ports for the butt in the front stuff? <laughs> they do not. It seems like the Quarians. It seems like the Quarians, after three hundred years of living in space and having their immune systems go to shit, never actually considered that. Uh, how is it actually easier for us to piss shit and uh, fuck without having to take off an entire suit and expose ourselves to all the like, uh, bacteria that we die from. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, uh, well, I, I would just assume... I would just assume sort of waste solution. But... Yeah, yeah, that's why I would think that they just have, like, ports and they just attach hoses and stuff there. Mm -hmm. And same with, like, their mouths to, like, like, they would have to eat basically just, like, a slurry and stuff. Like, just eat, like... Like, basically, like, uh, eating, like, baby food. You grind up, like, the carrots and peas into the blender and, uh, shove it into the, like, hose that goes into your mouth port. <laughs> Yeah, I will say, like, when we see her eat in the games, Tally does just stick a straw directly into that circle thing at the front of her mask, yeah, but that's yeah. not where her mouth is in this picture. Yeah, no, it's very much not. <laughs> Again, just constantly reminding me of the uh, Samus drinking a soda from Awkward Zombie, <laughs> where it's just going right <laughs> into the helmet. <laughs> to be uh, fair, at least with Samus, that I'm willing to believe. That at least makes sense. Samus' suit can just basically form around her at will when she needs it. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, she she has like stupid shitty like Chozo tech. I can imagine, I can believe that a part of her helmet just like vanishes a little bit just to open up enough of a hole for a straw to go in. Sure. <laughs> Who knows how the space magic bird tech works in that game? It's just got like a really wild, crazy straw on the inside of the helmet that you pour the liquid into, and it comes down to her mouth. <laughs> exactly. I mean, to be fair, Samus is also like half Chozo, half human, half Metroid, half X Parasite, <laughs> half. Whatever amount of Phazon might still be in her, even though Phazon was rendered inert, but also if it was rendered inert, how's Metroid Prime 4 happening? Who knows if that game yeah. even exists anymore? 
Who the fuck knows? That lady is a mess of genetics. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I personally think it's really lazy to make Quarian faces look exactly like human faces, oh, yeah, no, especially yeah. in the update. Like, you had the opportunity to make them, like, really distinct and different, especially after the, like, how much people gave you shit for the, like, Getty's image edited tally in the first place. Make make them look, like, more, like, alien and, like, fun. Like, people like how, mm-hmm. like, the Turians and the Quarians... Uh, not the Quarians, uh, the Turians and the... Fuck, what the... That's Rex's uh, species. Krogan? Krogan. Yeah, like, people yeah. like how they look because, like, the Turians are, like, you know, like, hard carapace ki- with people with, like, kind of a cat face to them a little bit, especially with, like, the mouth. I think it's because mm-hmm. of, like, the way the flaps are. It looks like a cat mouth and stuff. And they're, like, weird jacked up backwards, like, <laughs> ankles, or not ankles, <laughs> uh, knees and stuff like that. And the Krogan are just giant lizard people, like, just giant fucking space dinosaurs, and they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Krogan are kind of meatheads at times because they, a lot of them don't want to do science to try to save themselves. Like, they're just fun because they're just here to fight and have fun. Well, and... it's even more egregious, though, because of all the species in Mass Effect, only two of them are specifically different enough from humans that they need a specialized diet, and that's Quarians and Turians. Yeah. So, like, just making her a mammal is weird. Make her another bird person. I don't... Yeah, like, like do something fun with them rather than just be like, oh, it looks like a person with kind of, like, glowy eyes. <laughs> kind yeah, of she's deal. also got, like, lines on her forehead. She's very much a Star Trek alien. <laughs> yeah, like, just basically being, like, it's ca- kind of reminds me of, like, how, like, the space elf people in, uh, uh, freaking Star Ocean look, where it's just literally just, like, a space elf. They did nothing else to make them look distinct. I don't even remember. I think they were called, like, Eldar or something, or Eldarian, something like that. I'm it's, sorry, it's... did you mean Vulcans? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, Vul- Vulcans are also very much the space elves. It's just people with pointy ears, and that's how the space elves in Star Ocean are as well. It's just very goofy to remember back in Star Ocean 4, aka a really bad game, to be fair, most of Star Ocean is really bad, don't play Star Ocean actually, but like in the, in the fourth game when like the main two characters meet like the like space elf guy early on, he's like, I am what you would call an alien, and it's like, my guy, you look like a dude in cosplay with pointy ears, <laughs> you don't, you do not um... look like how I'd imagine an alien would look like. Up. <laughs> uh... Apparently they are Elicurians. Oh, that was close enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had to look that up, because you said Eldar, and I was very confused, because that's Warhammer, so... Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I was feeling like Eldar sounded familiar, but I was like, is that Star Ocean? I'm not really sure. To be fair, Star Ocean 4 was a 360 game that came out, like, 2009. <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, Warhammer Eldar are great, because they're space elves who had so much wild sex that they caused the god of chaos to arrive. <laughs> they, they, they they sexed a god into existence because they just, were too just that Just that one sentence makes them more interesting to me than the Quarians, and I know way more about the Quarians. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh uh, yeah, they're kind of basically just space Romani, huh? Just drifting along. <laughs> and it's a bad analogy, actually, but that's how they were described a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, Mass Effect. We we seem like it's like every three weeks or whatever that we just end up talking about Mass Effect. And be like, oh boy, Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, that's that keeps happening. 
I mean, turns out, I mean, Mass Effect was a big deal, and then it kind of just fizzled out of existence, and then came back, and then got fucking killed off again, because <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda is Mass Effect Andromeda. I liked Mass Effect Andromeda, and I wanted the DLCs, see, it, see, and I was mad when they were Here's canceled. the thing, though. I, I definitely have heard a lot of people, especially recently, being like, yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda was alright. Like, my friend Mark played it, like, maybe, like, two years ago, and he was like, yeah, it's not as bad as people say. It's definitely not, like, as good as, like, Mass Effect 1 and 2, but, like, kind of comparable to 3, I guess, just in terms of it. You know, it's clearly going uh, for something think... else. It very much is going for something else, and sheerly in terms of story, I think I prefer Andromeda, because you are not a super cop. Yeah, this is fair. This is a fair point, yeah. Now, admittedly, you are still a colonizer who's going yeah, to... Yeah, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but you're not a cop who is, by their very nature, free from any kind of investigation yeah, or blowback. Uh -huh. So it's like... You're not a cop who literally has the power to kill an entire village as long as you kill your suspect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're not a cop who, in the second game, destroys a star system and genocides an entire planet. <laughs> yep. Uh, what was it, like 300... Was it 300,000 people or like 3 million in the DLC? I think it was three. million, yeah. Uh, I want to see now, actually. Because uh, that was, I'm pretty sure that was the Batarian homeworld. It was definitely a Batarian planet of some sort. I don't think it was homeworld. Uh, I'm go literally googling how many people did Zipper kill in the Arrival DLC. Uh, more than 300,000 because it was a. Uh... Where is it? Um, it? They called them Batarian colonists, so I guess it was like a planet they were trying to colonize or something in that process. Okay. Well. Still, <laughs> I don't. I also don't, especially don't like that this is linking me to an article called Nine Smartest Video Game Decisions That Still Got People Killed." <laughs> oh boy, especially with this blurb saying Shepard made the only logical choice when the entire galaxy, when the galaxy was at stake. <laughs> also, uh, how come you're using uh, gender pronouns referring to he/him in this little blurb? Uh, clearly, boy Shepard is the worst Shepard. <laughs> While that is true, I believe the quote-unquote canonical version is male Shepard, Boo. while the canonical Andromeda character is female writer. I guess that kind of tracks. I mean, to be fair, I never saw any... Like, the little bits of Andromeda I saw people play, I never saw any big guy writer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, his name is, if you don't choose to pick him. Yeah. Because uh, it, it was like, they both had S names, right? Because it was like Scott and... Sarah, I believe. Sarah, yeah, that sounds right. Because I was, I was thinking I like don't... Sheila. No, Sheila sounds like a different. Sheila does not sound like a person who would exist in Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't know what her name is because if you choose to play as her, you give her a name. So like, <laughs> big question mark here. Whatever the canon one is, it's escaped my notice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean. Uh, Mass Effect. <laughs> Mass Effect, yeah. I uh, want to talk about something else real quick before we get into it. I can talk about my other really fucking weird week <laughs> that I've been having. Yeah. It's not as weird as the whole homelessness thing, but it's just got 2023 leave me the fuck alone. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> most people who are on our Discord would know this at this point. And again, we're recording this on the 18th. This will go out in like early June. <laughs> so this hopefully mm -hmm. will be resolved by now. But uh, 
<laughs> yeah, my job contract arbitrarily ended on Monday. They literally texted me at 7.30 at night being like, oh, hey, by the way, fuck you <laughs> kind of deal. Because it's like, you couldn't tell me this at earlier in the day when I was at there, like at like 5 or something. So that's why I could have got my stuff from the desk and left my badge and cabinet, like cabinet uh, key or anything. Nope. Had to go and take care of that on Wednesday, aka yesterday. And it was before I was going there, I had to stop at the Staples to print out some stuff and scan some stuff for uh, legal purposes and stuff like that. And uh, my phone broke in the process because it was I put it on the trunk of my car and it slipped and the screen got all jacked up and at times would just turn like dull green so I could barely see anything on it. I couldn't navigate or anything. So I was like, fuck, I don't know where I am. I need to find a place that sells phones, I guess. And because I had a Verizon phone, the only place nearby I could see was AT&T. Spoilers, turns out there was Verizon right around the fucking corner, and I didn't know that. <laughs> so I went to AT&T, explained the situation, moved my number over to them, got home, found out that AT&T phones don't tech, or at least I don't know if it's AT&T uh, Androids in particular, but I couldn't send... Uh, I could send text messages to my mom who has a Verizon iPhone, but I couldn't receive anything from her. So I was like, what the fuck? Do I, can I, am I just screwed on iPhones or Verizon devices? I don't know. I was able to get text from other people I know, because I got text from, like, the representative for my old job who's looking to find me a different contract at this point, but who knows. But, like, I was like, okay, fuck, I guess I gotta go out again. So I went to the Verizon store over there, the situation again, shifted the number back over to Verizon, had to basically open up a new Verizon account and also pay off the remainder of the phone's like last six months or whatever, plus the activation and stuff like that. <laughs> and then my plan was that, well that was taking too long, my plan was to at least hopefully go back to the AT&T store because they said I can return the phone just fine. Like I still have to pay the fucking restocking fee even though it's like they know the situation but they're gonna screw me on that at least, but whatever. <laughs> at least it's better than having another phone than I don't can't do anything with but as i was pulling out of the, uh, their parking lot i hit the curb too hard and scratched up a little bit of the uh, exterior on the bottom and also got a flat tire as a result so yeah. march 17th or not march 17th may 17th was just a very long shitty day <laughs> my it's car like it. yeah so basically i had to pull off to the side road uh called Geico roadside assistance, they sent a tow truck, I had to wait around to get uh, lift back home. My car is still there because I guess they need to wait for Geico to get a rep out there to actually look at it to make sure there was no like body damage that they need to possibly cover. <sighs> Who fucking knows? <laughs> it's, I, hey, at least I don't technically need my car at the moment for a bit, so it's not, it's, the timing was at least better than Last time when I had my car break down on the way home on a Friday when I worried that entire weekend being like, can I even get to work on Monday? Who knows? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That at least I was able to get it on Sunday, which is like, realistically, I would like to be able to pick it up. If not tomorrow, then maybe Saturday, Sunday at the latest. But it's like, I just want to be able to have my car and know that it's fine. Because <laughs> pretty <laughs> sure I didn't actually like fuck up anything on like the undercarriage because like, like I said, it was like just basically like a nasty scratch along like the side, like underneath where the door is. And also like I saw like some of the uh, plastic undercarriage kind of thing that protects like the actual sensitive stuff like kind of hanging loose a little bit. But it's like 
that's fine. That's not like it's like hugely gonna be a, a problem because it's not like anything's busted. Like I didn't see fluid leaking out or anything, obviously. So yeah, <laughs> uh, just one thing after another. Just not only from yesterday, but also this year, because it's like, you know, moved into one apartment, five weeks later I had to move out. Also, like five days after moving into that first apartment, got COVID. A month and a half later, was in a new apartment. Then at the start of March, I had to start training the guy who they decided to keep his contract because they're like, they only need one mail processor. And it's like, why would you keep the person that's been there for only two months, not the person who's been there for almost a whole year? And who knows? Uh, they probably have to pay you more. See, well, that's the thing. They did give me a raise like a month ago from $16 to $18. I think what it must have been is that the company I was working at, they probably have a clause that says any contract employees have to be fully hired after before a year is up. And it was like two weeks before that would happen because I started at like literally the last day of March of May last year. So I think they were like, okay, we ever have to hire this person fully when we really don't want to have to hire somebody. Or we basically have to kick this person who has way more experience and knowledge and has been here longer to the curb and keep this useless guy who takes six hours to scan mail. <laughs> so Well, maybe they don't want any mail, so there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair, I mean, we only got like 40 pieces of mail Monday, so I was like, okay, I expect we're going to get slammed on Tuesday then because sometimes if we had that weird Monday where there's like nothing, it's like, oh, that means they're going to send a bunch of stuff to us Tuesday. So it's like, for all I know, they got like 150 pieces of mail and that guy was there till like 10 p.m. because he would take that fucking long getting that shit done. So it's like... Maybe you realize just how much you fucked up by getting rid of me and keeping that guy. But you can't do shit about it properly. I haven't heard anything, so who knows. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Again, what the fuck is going on with 2023? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's dumb. At least at least I have help because my mom said she'll help me out with stuff because it's like, again, wasn't expecting to break my phone because again I had that phone for only a year and a half. I don't have a nice purple phone anymore. I've got this Motorola Edge Plus now. It's it's got like at least a nice a neat little like bluish like reflective back on it a little bit. It looks kind of neat, but it's it's not purple. <laughs> it's not the gay color. <laughs> It's not gay enough. I don't know. It's it's a, mm -hmm. it's fine. It's yeah. It's like basically they were like, well, if you wanted to go for another Samsung with switching back to Verizon, you wouldn't basically be able to get like much trade-in value from the old phone because the old phone apparently still had trade-in value even in the state it was in. But they were like basically, if you want to go to the Galaxy S23, which is what AT&T gave me originally, you're kind of paying even more than you're already gonna be paying just for p finishing off this phone because at least. Because that phone was way more the the edge plus that I have is like well this is like they didn't say like lower quality but it's kind of comparable to what I had with the 21 beforehand so it's like okay that's that's fine I just needed to basically do phone stuff I don't need it to be fancy or whatever and right. I got I got everything transferred over so that's what matters it's not like I lost anything mostly just having to re think about like the idiosyncrasies of this phone and mess, mess around with settings and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's, that's been my week. I don't think it could potentially get worse. 
Who fucking knows? Well, don't say that. I mean, yeah, at this point now, it's like, oh, your car blew up when it was in the lot. Five people died. It's like, cool. But no, no I don't... Barring anything like that, I don't see how it could get worse this week. There's... Again, you're saying the thing you're not supposed yeah, to say. Yeah, but again, there's only Friday, Saturday, and that's it. This week left. Sunday's not the start. Of, Sunday's the start of the week. It's not the end of the week. So there's only two more I mean, days. As, I mean, as far as podcasts are concerned, you've got until next Thursday, so... <laughs> I don't know how podcast time surplants normal week time. <laughs> well, it's because it's the only time the audience hears us talk to each other. <laughs> I mean, true, I guess. <laughs> but also, again, like, like I said, hopefully I have a job by the time this episode goes out again. Cause... Yeah. Again, this episode will go out basically around, like, not E3, more or less. <laughs> so, I would hope by that point I have a job again, because if not, oh boy. <laughs> and my get a job or move back to Texas counter moves down to five weeks. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. <sighs> Fun. Yep. Yay. But in the meantime, uh, shall we talk about yeah, trains? Yeah, we've, we've almost gone for an hour there <laughs> talking this about... This is what happens when we skip a week. <laughs> True, yeah. There was... I mean, yeah, because, like, I mean, last week, I, like, even, like, last week, I was like, oh, I don't have anything else to talk about. And meanwhile, like, going into this episode that the start of this week, I was like, I guess this is going to be all Zelda meet with me in the preamble. And then, pfft, <laughs> uh, how how uh, little I knew. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, it might help if so... I can open up the Google Doc I have about these episodes. <laughs> oh, you keep your notes in a Google Doc? I just use Notepad. Yeah, I've been having this multiple times. Yeah, I keep it in a Google Doc. Huh. That's how I've been All like, right. oh yeah, my descriptor of like the Owl House uh, epilogue, even though it's only like a five minute sequence, was like three pages in the Google Doc. <laughs> Uh, okay, fair enough, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, so my episode this week is Infinity Train, Book 2, Episode 7, The Mall Car. And we open with the gang, and also a bunch of ravenous candy goblins leaving the Lucky Cat car. I guess the cat just kind of let Apex leave instead of making them wait for a month and play to get the exit again. And yeah, frankly, I don't blame her because I wouldn't want those candy goblins in my car either. This is true, yeah, because, like, I mean, the cat the cat kind of just had, like, arbitrary bullshit rules for the door. They admitted as much. I don't know why I'm yeah. using they, them, pronouns. You know the cat uses she, her. But, like, yeah, she sure does. Yeah, but it was just like, yeah, obviously it's like, well, if the cat wants to really stick by her rules... She would just be dealing with these shitty goblins for a whole month before maybe being able to get rid of one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So probably for the best that they didn't. Um, yeah, just being like, look, just get the fuck out. I don't want to deal with y'all. <laughs> so now that they're outside, uh, MT and Jesse kind of get a look at Grace's just truly enormous number. It wraps around her arm all the way down to her elbow. And she admires them to admire it, because, you know, it's it's power. It's what you need to be the best. And uh, as she's saying this, she notices that MT doesn't have a number, and immediately just gets a little kind of frosty about them. And this does feel a little off to me, because you would think the fact that they had metal skin would be the clue in, but no, yeah, it's that they I, don't well, have a number. I mean, to be fair, the cat even was, like, thinking that MT was Tulip, and it's like, no, do you not... Even though it's like... 
again, there's like not as much uh, that tulips look to MT anymore anyway, ever since <laughs> they redesigned themselves back in the first episode of book two. But it's like, the only giveaway is the fact that, you know, it's still Ashley Johnson's voice. <laughs> like, there's really no other tulip there. Okay, yes, but at least the cat has the excuse of like, not necessarily being super familiar with humans, right? Like... <laughs> Yes, she lives on the car, and yes, she interacts with humans sometimes, but that's not the same as actually being a human and knowing when a person doesn't have metal skin. I guess. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Um, either way, she says that she just does whatever she needs to to be the best, and that means pushing her number up and up and up. And she offers Jesse some of the candy that they stole from the Lucky Cat car, and when he admits that he doesn't like it she offers him some advice which is that if you don't like something uh wheel it and wheeling is of course apex slang for throwing it under the wheels of the train to be crushed into oblivion uh, <laughs> and he just does it with no second thoughts uh, yeah it's like jesse i thought you realized at some point earlier than this episode that you need to be more assertive and decide for yourself how you live your life rather than doing what other people tell you <laughs> No. So the uh, this whole gang having Jesse having destroyed this bad candy uh, moves into the next car, which is the mall car, and it is just overrun with more of these feral children. Um, they've all got that same red mark on their faces, but basically the Apex took over this car, and it is their home base now. So whatever was here before is just totally smashed up and graffitied. Kind of getting, uh, uh, kind of got for the future vibes just by looking at this car in general with all these feral children around. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. At least we spend um, way less time at this place with these shitty kids compared to spending like two thirds of the episode dealing with Basha's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I get that they wanted to keep have Basha around just for one more episode along with a bunch of those other tertiary characters, but it's like it was, it was a bit too much. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, apparently the Apex is named after a book, but we don't actually ever find out which one as far as I know. She just found the word in a book, and that's it. And funny you mention Basha, because the Basha of this show shows up. Uh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> um, he's... I want to say he's like 16. He's kind of an older kid compared to everybody I, else I think here. I saw on his uh, entry when I was looking for his voice actor, I think it said he was 18. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Because MT is Tulip's reflection, so they would be, like, 12-ish. So, yeah, that, I, that really tracks. Yeah, wasn't... Was Tulip 12 or 13? I think she ended the series at 13 after having been on the train. Uh, she was apparently 12 in the pilot, 13 in the series. So probably, probably like, 13 and a half, maybe close to 14 by the time the season ends. Um, I don't think she was on the train that long, but maybe. She was on the train for uh, six months, remember? <laughs> From, like, November to, like, April or so. <laughs> no, yeah. I think I think it was, like, October to March, I think it was. Uh, Something was... like that, because it wasn't some... Yeah, it was, like, just beginning of autumn at the top, yeah. so... Yeah, because she lives in, like, one of those states where it can snow in, as of, like, late October. As I, yeah. saw, as I saw firsthand when I lived in Illinois, where it would snow starting on Halloween, roughly, and it's like, that's, that's a nightmare. <laughs> That's way too early for snow. <laughs> uh, we were still having snow into April here, and it was wonderful. I love it so much. Yeah, uh, April, I mean, not April. <laughs> what am I talking about? Uh, no, 
fucking Illinois is like snow starts basically like some like early November and sticks around until like late April, early May, and then it just immediately goes to like fucking 100 degrees. There's no winter and no fall. I mean, there's no fall and no spring. It's either summer or winter. See, that's really weird to me because I also lived in Illinois for a while and we got maybe three days of snow a year if we were lucky. So maybe, clearly we were in very different parts of the state. I mean, maybe, well, I mean, I was in Springfield, Illinois. I'll have to say that because I don't live there anymore. It's like three hours away from uh, Chicago, basically. So it's like maybe it was uh, just farther north than you, but at the same time, maybe it was, yeah. just, maybe it was just a few weird uh, winters there because I was there only two years. It definitely, that's definitely norther than I was, because I was in uh, Belleville, so hmm. that's, like, way down by St. Louis. Yeah, so maybe that's the difference. Well, yeah. Um, either way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Simon kid is kind of a smarmy jerk. He's He is a child who has been put in charge of other children. Technically, he is the second in command of Apex, but that's really gone to his head. Uh, but yeah, he's thrilled that Jesse is here because, you know, there's another human here, and he almost ran out of time. They got him just on the line. Because, you know, it's a shame, but MT has been steering Jesse wrong this whole time, because actually you want your number to go up, because, you know, that's it makes you stronger. It's power. It's real. And Jesse protests that the conductor told him that the whole point was to get the number down, and, you know, they, they both just have to laugh, because they've been on this train way longer than he was, and neither of them got videos from 1-1, so obviously he must be fake and a liar. Plus, he wants to get rid of them. You know, the train is their natural human right, and this robot wants them gone. They own this train by virtue of being humans. <sighs> I, I just have here that my notes say, oh, these kids are 2020 elected deniers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they really come uh, across like the kind of people who would believe that because it's like oh this robot took over fuck him he's not the real conductor <laughs> it's like uh boy <laughs> these kids are the fucking worst these kids are manifest destiny condensed down into two teenagers yeah, I, I i am I mean, I've been curious ever since you said that Grace is our protagonist for book three, where it's like, I really wonder what they're going to do to make this character not suck in that, because, oh boy, this character sucks. <laughs> what an interesting question. Maybe we'll spend ten more episodes with Basha. Um... <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll just suck the entire time, and I don't know, maybe they'll be stuck on the train, because they, they suck. I don't know. Who knows? Well, somebody knows. I don't. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I guess you could say nobody knows, but... <laughs> yeah. That joke never uh. gets old, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's different that time. But... <laughs> Listen, I have two jokes, okay? <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, Grace has the highest number of anyone here, at least. They don't know about anyone else. So that makes it her job, her responsibility to counter the fake news that the robot is putting out because Ugh. she cares about people. Uh... And yeah, I mean, this <laughs> is pretty deliberate is the thing. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they intentionally were doing this because like this, this season was 2020, right? I think so, yeah. I'm looking it up now. 
I mean, I, I feel mean, like it's if it wasn't, it was definitely after 2016. I mean, and yeah, I feel yeah, like that's all the context you need to make this yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I mean, because, like, yeah, Infinity Train started back in uh, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Book two, where is it? Book two was January 6, 2020, until, well, January 10th, 2020, because, you know, they just put out entire seasons. <laughs> Yeah, so but still, definitely. Yeah, still, like, in the, basically in the, like, lead up to, like, oh, it's basically f full fucking year of election season bullshit, here you go, and it's like, oh, boy, <laughs> as if we didn't have to hear enough of that shit coming, spewing out of that man's mouth all the time, and just making it even worse in the year leading up to the election, basically. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. man, the, the timing here, though, of, like, uh, if this if this show, show premiered, like, a year later, it's like, oh, Crack Reflection would have started on literally the day of the insurrection. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ziggy. Um, yes, we know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll get her voice much clearer now, too. That's fun. Ah, <laughs> uh, yay. It's a treat for myself and all the listeners to hear Ziggy scream for food more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, um, Simon suddenly remembers that uh, they just had a new car show up. It's about two cars away from them, so they need to go ahead and raid it, because that's how they get their food and supplies, is by raiding cars, like we saw in the Lucky Cat they, car. They literally just did a raid. Why do they need more? I mean, again, well, yeah, they raided a bunch of shitty candy and stuff, but they still got food. Yeah, but... Like, I don't think we got a clear idea of how many feral children are in this car, so they might need a lot of food. Yeah, I, it seemed like there were at least, like, a dozen, maybe closer to 20, just from my recollection of the episode. Especially with, like, yeah. all the, like, the background characters and, like, the few that are screwing around with Alan Dracula later. It's like, yeah, there's definitely feels like there's at least, like, a dozen or so. Yeah, I want to say there's a lot more than that, but I, I don't think we ever got a solid number. I think there's like 30 to 50 of them. Uh, I'm trying to check out the wiki entry on the Apex to see if it says anything. I'm trying to not look too deeply to see you <laughs> to try um, to voice I will go ahead and check that out. Yeah, uh... that's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be like, I don't want to see something spoilery by accident <laughs> to see if it shows like how many people there are. Um, nothing in the summaries and nothing in the trivia. Nope, no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like at least saying, like, uh, maybe, like, around 20 is probably, like, a safe bet for at least, like, the minimum. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, either way, um, Grace says it's been a while since she led a raid in person, which is not true. We literally just came yeah, back from yeah. one. Well, I'm, hmm, I'm trying to wonder if maybe that qualified because she was, like, undercover to get the door open? I, I don't know. Yeah, but she was there, like... True. She I mean, opened she... the door, and then all the children started rampaging around and breaking things. It yeah. was like, like yeah. if that's not leading a raid, I don't know what is. I guess. Maybe she's referring to, like, oh, it's been a while since I did, like, that one, and now I want more or something. Maybe that's what she's angling <laughs> for. Yeah. But anyway, at this, she also invites Jesse to go with, because, you know, if he's going to be here, he should see what they do. And MT kind of protests, but at this point, they realize that Alan Dracula is just gone. Um, Simon tells them that he has been taken to the stables, since they didn't want him running off, and MT is big mad about this, on account of they locked up their friends without asking or consulting. They just put yeah. him in a cage immediately upon seeing him. Uh, also, how did these... I'm just curious. How did these kids, A, have a stable and have enough, like... 
animal life on the train that they could actually get into a stable. <laughs> well, I mean, as we'll find out later, he's lying, so... I, I mean, I guess, actually, yeah. <laughs> but still. <laughs> but yeah, no, they, uh, they, they just saw this deer and immediately decided to put him in a cage because he came here without permission. Hmm, wonder what this is a metaphor for. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, they're not subtle. Nah. But, yeah, so, you know, uh, Jesse sort of intervenes in this rage and sort of reminds Mirror Tulip that they're, they're human and they make mistakes. It's fine. Don't worry about it. They didn't know that Alan Dracula was their friend. Okay, no, because Grace knew that the deer was their friend because she taunted them, being like, so where's your fucking deer when they had enough points to get the door to distract them so this way she could get enough points herself. <laughs> she knows that Alan Dracula's with them. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't necessarily know that he's their friend. <laughs> he's, a, he's a deer hanging out with them. You can make the extrapolation of, okay, maybe this deer is friends with them or... It recognizes them at the least, and therefore would matter to them. <laughs> Listen, Jesse's role in this episode is the cringing toady liberal who just wants to be friends with the conservatives mm, because shouldn't uh, yeah. we all be on the same side here? Yeah, he really is being like, we need to reach around across the aisle to work with them. And it's like, mm -hmm. uh, no, you need to punch them in the fucking face because they suck. <laughs> this is correct. Um... So the plan is that he's going to go on this raid, and MT will go to regroup with Alan Dracula, so they all get him set up with an Apex Harpoon Pack, which is sort of a, a backpack harness thing with two magnetic grappling hooks attached to it, and the Apex use this to move over the tops of cars instead of going through them, because it lets them move up and down the train faster, which does make sense, but... Yeah, you don't, you don't have to deal with like the occasional like puzzle or like moral lesson in order to get the train door open if you're not going through the train cars, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But it's, uh, it does... There, there's a thing here where Grace mentions that he shouldn't be like Lucy, he should aim first, which does imply some pretty grim stuff there. Uh, <laughs> I think I did see that we actually do meet Lucy later on, and she has an eye patch. I think that's what it is. It's not like it's not like they got killed or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw it in the trivia of just like, yeah, it's just this person. That, that may be, but that's definitely not what's implied in this scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder oh. if maybe they dialed it back a little bit because it was like, it's it's too much if we implied that somebody got killed by using one of these things. I mean, we're going to talk about your episode. Um, <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, some, yeah. some stuff happens in that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> Uh, back in the mall, MT is looking for Alan Dracula in what seems to be just basically an abandoned area. There's nobody here. When uh, one of the weird Apex kids shows up and starts laughing at them and using them as a mirror, and MT is mad, but the kid says it's fine because nulls aren't even people. Grace and Simon said so. That's racist. And... <laughs> no, it's fine, though. I, I, They're not people. Don't worry I, about I, it. I hate the term they use for train inhabitants. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did we actually have, like, a proper name for people that are on the train? Because, like, we have passenger oh. for the people who obviously enter the train to learn life lessons and stuff. Yeah, generally speaking, that word will be denizen. Oh, okay. But that hasn't actually been used in the show yet, I don't think. Yeah, okay. That's what I was just thinking of, like, when I said that. I was like, what's denizen or something? Yeah, because it's like, I feel like that at least makes sense, because it's like, you, you probably have to have a term that describes, like, the people yeah. who are not passengers. 
Actually, you know what? I think we did get that. Because I think One One said it during his introductory video in the first episode of this season. Oh, maybe. Uh, I mean, the, the wiki definitely says denizens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, so MT just immediately attempts to murder this child. Uh, they are on a short fuse today. <laughs> but uh, the kid just runs away laughing. And we cut back to the raiding party entering the cube car, which is a purple car with just a bunch of sort of floaty golden cubes in it. And Jesse's kind of hesitant about this whole thing, so when he's looking at his reflection in a cube, Grace starts asking questions. She she wants to know about him, you know? She wants to know about his relationship with that chrome kid. What's uh, the deal with them anyway? It's probably not strange at all. Yeah, uh, to confirm what you said, there was one one in episode one of book two who said that the Denizens' main purpose was to help passengers fix their problems. Okay. Yeah, right. so, so we did hear from one one. Um, yeah, uh, Jesse sort of recounts how he met MT and how they weren't really friends at first, but they've had each other's backs and stuck together, and... Grace is just picking away at his story, trying to put doubts in his mind, talking about how MT is mean and maybe a little unstable, and how she's not really anything at all. Because, you know, gnolls don't have numbers, so they're not people. Don't worry about it. Because, of course, I mean, humans have numbers because they're important, so obviously anyone that doesn't have a number doesn't matter. And uh, then, after this, uh, Jesse tells Grace that MT is trans and running from the gender police because you can't trust the cis, even if they're your friends. <laughs> yeah, he just really outs them at this point. It's like, yeah. Uh, either way, it's really... <laughs> <sighs> It ain't, it ain't good. Um, Grace mostly just picks again. She's picking away at his doubts and saying that it sounds like MT has a lot of problems that Jesse has to deal with and that they aren't really worth having around because, you know, they're just getting them chased by the cops. But she's pulled away by one of the raiders who reports that they have found a null. And back in the mall, uh, M.T. finds Alan Dracula. He's been saddled, and there's a rope around his mouth. It's not a bridle, I want to be specific. They've just tied his mouth shut. And he is being, quote-unquote, ridden by two just incredibly lucky children. I cannot express how lucky these children are. Alan Dracula could kill them at any time. Yeah, yeah Alan Dracula is capable of murder with a thought. <laughs> these children are super <laughs> fortunate to not have just been eviscerated by Alan Dracula. <laughs> would have been the easiest thing in the world for him to murder these children and he we've, resisted we've seen him turn into a bomb last episode <laughs> and fire and electricity <laughs> and, and he has ice sneezes <sighs> but yes uh this is a testament to alan dracula's infinite goodwill we love that dear um mt literally just physically throws the kids off of him and one of them does kick mt in an attempt to fight back and his number goes up, and apparently he also breaks his foot. Um, MT is fully going to kick this child in the head and kill him, but they run off to celebrate the number going up. Um, mess, mess these kids up, MT. <laughs> yeah, like, I get it. I really, really do. But MT is super murder-happy in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
they want to do they've some been going, killing. They've been going. They've been having a rough time of it lately. They've been. They've been dealing yeah. with some shit for a while. I don't disagree, but yeah, this is this is not how they have historically solved problems, and now they have almost done two murders in two minutes. <laughs> but to, yeah, to um, be honest here, I feel like uh, the rest of the Apex crew would be like, yeah, like. Good for them if they actually did get killed by a denizen or something. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, the highest honor, they got they got. got. <laughs> they can't uh, ever get off the train if they're a corpse. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like some of the stuff we'll see from Apex in the next episode makes me think that they would not be happy about that. Yeah, but, but, if, but if you're dead on the train, you can't get off the train. That means you well, win, that's right? True. <laughs> well, to a degree, but... Apex has also lost someone, you know? It's not True. It's not good that their numbers are going down. It doesn't matter why they're going down. <laughs> yeah, I guess technically death would mean that your number goes all the way down, right? It's just you don't get off the train, you're just dead. I would assume so. I guess, that, I guess that's the question of, like, if a person dies on the train, does their number persist on them? Uh, that is a very good question. I do not know the answer to that. Hmm. Um... It's one of those yeah, questions no about idea. the train that I don't think we're ever going to get. <laughs> <laughs> it might be in season four. That's the one I haven't seen. Um, so back in the cube car, we get Grace confronting this new Null, which is a sort of a green jellyfish ghost who can't like really interact with them, can't touch them, and doesn't like really even communicate very much, just sort of monosyllabic grunting. But it's definitely not dangerous, so it's totally cool, don't worry about it. But the other thing is, is that there's not really anything valuable in this car, so out of frustration, Grace just starts kicking cubes, and they shatter like glass, which really, really upsets this ghost. And then we're back in the mall car, where MT confronts Simon, demanding accountability for the way those kids were hurting Alan Dracula, but he just gets all kinds of sinister, telling them that they don't matter because they're not real, and they're only here because they might be useful. The thing is, yeah, like, he's human and they're not, so they have to listen to him and leave, and it doesn't really matter what they want because they're fake. Uh, worse, uh, they can't help Jesse like Apex can, so they gotta get out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kids yep. super fucking suck. <laughs> For reasons that are not entirely clear to me, despite how on a hair trigger murder happy MT has been in this episode, they do not immediately crush his skull with their metal fists. Yeah. <laughs> like, M like, MT's been a little bit trigger happy in this, but, like, they're still showing restraint because, like, if MT really tried, they could easily just kill all these kids, especially Simon. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they, are, they are made of metal, and these kids are, for the most part, children. <laughs> yes, correct. The oldest of any of these kids is, like, maybe 20 at most. But, yeah, like, the other thing is, I, I would understand if MT held back fighting the kid kids, right? Mm -hmm. But this guy, this, this Simon, he's basically an adult he's yeah he's fair game really a freak and he is doing super racist stuff uh -huh. and you need to punch him in the head but mt does not this is the one that doesn't make sense to me because yeah like mt is still showing restraint even against this guy who is being a colossal dickhead and is also a, an adult therefore it's it's more justified <laughs> mt tried to 
kick a child in the head less than a minute ago. <laughs> and is showing absolute, absolute saintly restraint against this fucking asshole. Uh-huh. In contrast. But either to way. To be fair, the child was basically hurting Alan Dracula. This guy is not directly hurting Alan Dracula at this moment. I mean, I guess, but... Again, you can't let this stuff in. Well, you yeah. do not let the Nazis get a foothold. I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> like, you gotta punch them at all times in order to get them to go and crawl back under their holes for another couple generations. Correct. And then hopefully die out in the process. Like, if, if MT kills Simon here, maybe that's a bad thing long term, but I feel like that leads to the Apex breaking up, because... As much as Grace is their leader, he's very much their ideological leader. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he, he's, he's the guy putting that. Yeah, he's the, out there. He's, the infor- he's the enforcement guy. Exactly. So I think if MT did the thing, that probably would have been better in the long run. Although it would have gone really bad in the short term because, you know, a, a, a null killed our leader. We have to kill all the nulls. Yeah, you know? that that could probably just escalate to you even worse. <laughs> So, uh, I don't think MT is thinking all the way through that, but it's possible. <laughs> they have not historically been that smart. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to the point where even the show creators themselves had to explain, like, yeah, MT and Jesse are not smart. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially when talking to his wife, who uh, was like, I'm a scientist, this is not science, and it's like, yeah, but they're dumb. <laughs> That's their defense. <laughs> We wrote them dumb mm. because they're dumb. Deal with it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, back in the cube car, Grace apologizes to Jesse that his first raid basically didn't come with any loot, and she promises the next one will be better, but you know, it wasn't a total waste of time, because there's a bunch of cubes here for them to smash, and this really upsets the ghost. He's crying and such, even though he doesn't talk, and Jesse does not like this, but Grace insists it's fine, it's totally fine. Nulls can't feel anything at all, because they're not real. They don't have emotions. It doesn't matter what they say. It's just pretend. <sighs> yep. They're, they're um, acting like everything in this world is just a video game and that they basically are allowed to do as... Like, they, these are the kids who are designing all the fucking Korok destruction devices in Tears of the Kingdom. Is <laughs> what they're doing. It's like, well, they, they don't feel pain. So you can just go ahead and crucify them. And it's like, this, this is a little bit fucked up. <laughs> These are the kids that say it's okay for kids to be in cages because they didn't obey the law when they crossed the border. Uh, Yeah. They're just criminals. They don't feel anything. Um, Grace encourages Jesse to smash one of these cubes, and he sort of half-heartedly taps it with his foot, but he super does not want to do this and just kind of walks off. Returning to the mall car, Jesse kind of just immediately blows off Simon's welcome to go looking for MT, so good on you there, bud. And he finds them being restrained by a bunch of kids alongside Alan Dracula, who once again is not immediately murdering these children. Good job, Alan Dracula, you are a saint. Um, yeah, again, it's like, yeah, Alan Dracula could easily murder these kids, just, like, easier than MT could. MT would still have to actually throw a punch. Alan Dracula, I'm sure, could just blow up people's brains with his own mind. <laughs> Yeah, he does have laser eyes. Um, <laughs> Did he use those? Did we see laser eyes? Uh, we have seen him use laser eyes in the past, yes. Okay, and I'm forgetting. We don't, 
To be fair, he's done a lot of very normal deer stuff that I'm just forgetting at this point. I remember yeah. the fact that he can turn into a pickle jar and he can turn himself into a bomb. A lot of it's kind of just being like, uh, yeah, that sounds like something you could do. Yeah. Uh, they, he used laser beams to clear the vines off the door in the parasite car. Um, we actually see him, kind of see him fire laser beams in this episode, but it's off camera. We just see the laser go overhead. So he's just firing oh, beams okay. kind of randomly. Gotcha. Yeah, he, uh, he would he would easily annihilate all these kids. Oh yes, absolutely. If he were not a deer, he would just truly slaughter them. <laughs> um, anyway, that it's it's like it's a shame that Jesse kind of ignored the welcome and came over here because they didn't really want him to see this. Like Simon was supposed to deal with it before Jesse got back, but you know, MT broke Todd's foot and they've been trying to trick Jesse into getting off the train. So, uh, they're just going to wheel him. They got to kill these freaks. Uh, this inspires something in Jesse, because if you remember, something very similar to this is why he ended up on the train, is the peer pressure from his friends forcing him to throw his brother down the hill in a shopping cart. Not on a shopping cart, on a, a, a filing cabinet. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's not going to put up with it anymore. He's, he's reached his breaking point. He is done with them and their callous lies and everyone like them, and he is leaving with his real friends. Um, MT manages to break free. Uh, they elbow one kid in the, uh, in the guts and just straight up punch the next kid in the face. Yeah, these two kids are dead. <laughs> yeah. Just, just full dead. <laughs> I believe that Gutshot Kid could survive. That's not usually a fatal wound. The one but... that got punched in the face probably gonna be... Yeah, out. almost certainly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, at the at, very least, we're talking broken nose, potentially skull fracture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at a minimum, if if not just outright dead. Yeah. Um. And uh, then they also like throw the ones off of Alan Dracula, who's not super helping with this because he's not allowed to help. <laughs> and Jesse has a little bit of a feel-good reunite with his friends, but uh, Grace steps up. Because these nulls are taking advantage of Jesse, and if he won't protect himself from them, then she will. And she does this by calling the cops. Um, I will say, it feels a little weird for me for the black girl teenager to be the one who yeah. calls the cops, who she knows will kill someone. Yeah. Like, I, I understand the metaphor that's happening here, but... I feel like that should have been Simon. It, <laughs> yeah, that really should have probably been Simon, who's like, fuck you, I called the, I called the mirror cops. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I see what they're going for, I just, and, and, it's and, a little and, bit off the mark. I don't want to say to the flex credit, but at least they don't also go and uh, try to beat up the black girl <laughs> in the process. <laughs> yeah... They, yeah. they they at least realize oh yeah no like they're just they're passengers they're not actually the person we're after here or rather a person that we can just make up some bullshit charge about. I don't think they even notice Grace or Simon. Probably, only probably here not. For yeah, <laughs> they have a one track mind, which is that they gotta get MT. They don't really pay attention to anything else around them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So with that really uncomfortable situation out of the way. Uh, Jesse grabs MT's hand and starts leading them through the car since he knows where the exit is, but in standing up for his friends, his number has hit zero and the door opens so they can go home. They are free. They don't have to worry about the cops anymore. Except that Jesse steps through the door and uh, 
MT can't. Uh, they're trapped. There's like an invisible wall there, and he tries to bring them with him, but he is sucked into the vortex and away forever, as MT is left alone, kneeling and crying as the cops loom over them. The end. <laughs> uh, yeah. I... What an episode, right? <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's going to get even crazier with the next one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Uh, we, we... Look, I had heard that there was something in particular in Infinity Train that got a lot of people being like, hmm, it's something you can put in a cartoon designed for a family. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Meanwhile, the I hear... Is yes, obviously. Meanwhile, here I thought it was a bit much that even had King, an eight-year-old child, help stomp on Bellis' face. <laughs> but it's like, that's way more tame than what happens there. <laughs> we, we at least don't see, like, Bellis' point of view as he's getting crushed into non-existence or anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the Patreon website, of course, is uh, patreon.com slash cast, and that's where you can get the good stuff. Uh, a whole extra podcast, The Axe Files. Or, more accurately, you can get it for free now. Uh, should be starting this week. But you can get it three months ahead on the Patreon. Come on, that's value. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of stuff if you go ahead and subscribe to the higher tier. Like, my actual return to the Nuzlocke, like I said, I was going to. And, oh boy, we're off to a fantastic fucking start after being away from that for, like, two months. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And, yeah, I'm still doing my gay book reviews every week. It's, uh, they're only getting longer, so the more, the, uh, the deeper in we get, uh, the more value you get from my queer book reviews, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you've heard the rest of the spiel already, so we'll leave it to you there for now, but, uh, patreon.com slash cast. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yep, and we appreciate everybody who subscribes to it. Absolutely. But, of course, we are not going to sign off without doing a shout-out to our subscribers, because that would be rude, and we definitely forgot to do it last week, which is absolutely Whoops. my bad. It happens. So, <laughs> yeah. So we need to give a huge thank you to Bookcase Queen, Trigger Harpy, and Aurora Borealis. Thanks so much, y'all. We've loved having you along for the ride. Yep. Hope you're entertained by the nonsense we put out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take care and catch you all yep. in a bit enjoy the show with that we go into episode 8 the wasteland which as is often with a lot of these episodes continues right where the previous one left off and this opens with uh, Simon telling Grace that Jesse was weak for taking his exit but she says he was misled by MT and then phrases things kind of as though Jesse's dead she really she sure sounds like you know, like she says that they just lost another human which, based on how, you know, they are racist towards uh, denizens, makes it out like they think escaping the train is a fate akin to death. At least that's how I'm reading it. <laughs> well, like, I mean, that's kind of what the Apex's whole deal is, right? Because they believe that they own the train. Like, it's their mm-hmm. natural right to control it because they are humans. So every human that goes home is uh, a they... loss in their eyes because they must be they're not here to take <laughs> control of the train. Yeah. <laughs> all, uh, apparently all of Apex must be Americans, then. <laughs> They, they came to something new, and they're like, this is ours now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, in any case, MT grabbed the... I, I forgot the term. Robert term for it. That's called the, the grapple backpack in my notes here. Uh, uh, the harpoon pack. Yeah, the, har- the, the harpoon pack. It's the one that like, Jesse dropped when he went in his door. But uh, yeah, they grab it as, the, she run, as they run for the flex. 
and it's joined by AD along the way. I, I said AD, I mean now Dracula, but probably getting guess that. <laughs> and the two escape the mall car with MT dragging a sunglasses display out with them to barricade the door. But then they notice it's too late that the glasses are also reflective when the flex reaches a hand out and crushes their straight paint can, and they start to emerge from the glasses. I gotta be honest, I don't know what they thought this would do. Like, I think it's just if they that can just pick up and carry the thing, the cops are going to be able to push it over. <laughs> I, it seemed like it was actually at least slowing them down a little bit. I, I guess, but like... Like it was at least having something heavy in front of the door, so it seemed like they would have had to at least push a little bit at it to get it open, so it would have given them some precious seconds. I mean, maybe, but physically at least, it seems like the cops are probably stronger than MT, and again, MT can just pick up this thing and walk with it, so... I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, they're clearly panicking. They saw the first heavy thing nearby, and they were like, this can be useful, right? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Didn't realize that it's a glasses display, and glasses are reflective, so... Oops. Uh, yes. In any case, uh, Alan Dracula goes springs from his feet to jump the car... Uh, so this MT, this makes MT realize, oh, I can use the grapple pack to also escape. But yeah. Mace manages to toss a reflective magnet onto them mid-jump in order to pursue them. Uh, on top of the train, MT runs away from them and crushes a magnet mid-sprint, but also ends up at the end of the car and instead of just like trying to jump down or grapple elsewhere, instead fires the grappling pack at Sieve to pull him off the side and onto the pathway between cars and this guy just eats shit. <laughs> this guy just kind of <laughs> knocked the fuck out immediately. Uh, I do want to say real quick, the, sh the shot where Alan Dracula bounces over the top of the mm -hmm. car is almost identical to the scene from season one where the toad just flies away. It's beautiful. I oh, love uh, it so oh much. Er er earlier this season you said you said season one. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a repeated yeah, yeah, joke. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's a repeated joke of like there's like two frames of animation here or whatever, and it's like too much of a jump. Where it's like it doesn't have to be this exaggerated of a jump, but it is because it's funny. I think I liked it better with the toad, but it's the same joke. Yeah, so it's I, very good still. Yeah, I think it's probably just like with the toad, it's unexpected. Even though it's like it's a toad, obviously it can hop, but you don't expect the toad to jump that high compared to like well, Alan Dracula is Alan Dracula. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, and he has spring feet now. Because he's just Alan <laughs> Dracula. Uh, but in any case, uh, Mace dodges the next shot and severs the line with his, like, Sander Atomfa thing. I don't think we ever got a yeah. name for those things, but that's what it is. And... Uh, I know we got a name for them, but it's been too long and I forgot. <laughs> Did we? I will look that up while I mean, you continue. Maybe, are you thinking of the Lawbreaker? Because that was a different tool. No, nah, there was a definitely a name, so hmm. just keep on going. Yeah. Alright, whatever. Uh, yeah, he does that and he starts to drag Empty towards him to handcuff them together, which I don't. I guess it's just to make sure that Empty can't escape while he just grinds them to dust. Uh, but before that can happen, another train car is moving along the top of the train to force them to jump off the side. And I guess Empty uh, runs faster than Mace because Mace just fucking gets bisected here. <laughs> <laughs> and then my notes also end with and nothing of value is lost this day because <laughs> he's a cop uh, he, uh i say i say are called sanders okay yeah so, so yeah. good job us yeah i mean it's like they hold them like a tonfa that's why i saw sander tonfa because it's like yeah they have, i thought like... they had a special name but that's they're just sanders hmm. yeah because it's really weird it doesn't feel like it'd be like something I, I mean obviously they're going for like uh like police baton in that design with having the handle yeah. on the side but it really just seems like it's like a weird fucking, like, tonfa of sorts <laughs> with a, like, sander on the side. No, that's weird. 
yeah, I do want to ask, like, so in the first time Mason Civ showed up, one one was able to basically kill them by just sort of smooshing yeah, their masks that, around, that so is, they were melting out of their face. That is the question I have based on how Mace ends up, because he's not like clearly like melting throughout with him being cut in half. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely losing a lot of goo, but he's not just yeah, like, falling he's, apart he's like they were last he's time. He's basically just bleeding out as opposed to dissolving, more or less. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it's. I guess it's just one of those questions about how the mirror people work that we're not supposed to look into, but we do because we're in our 30s and are queer, and therefore we closely examine kids' cartoons. Who <laughs> 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 you knows? Uh, in any case, I say he got bisected. He basically got cut from the, like the waist down. He's not like split in half. Like, he's not like anime like split down the, the from like head to crotch <laughs> kind of deal. <laughs> like he's just no, he just got sliced in the middle. Uh, in any case, uh, Empty and that half of mates that's still attached to them uh, end up in the wasteland with Alan Dracula floating down to them as a raft. It's very funny because <laughs> like when the raft started showing up, I was like, where'd the raft... Oh, it's obviously... Uh, like, it's it's Alan Dracula. It's gotta be. <laughs> like, this raft showed up nowhere else. Like, we didn't see this raft before, and it's clearly Alan Dracula. <laughs> and yeah, he poops out. Uh, Empty still is guffed to Mace, and turns out that he's still kind of alive, but more or less bleeding goop out. But they're at least glad to see Alan Dracula and feeds in some grass from their pocket. And they then begin dragging Mace towards the train as he starts to sing a song at their expense about how they were left behind while Jesse got to leave. Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna bring up the song later on because it's actually is a parody of a real song, it turns out. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is. And it's weird because I've never heard of the song before. But we'll get oh, there really? later. Yeah, no, never heard it before. We'll get there with the trivia though. That is though. a shock to me. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. like one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Somehow never heard it. In any case, uh, eventually MT gets frustrated with this and fed up, and they basically grab a rock and try to bust the cuff off in order to be free of this dickhead, rather than just trying to bring this guy. <laughs> Honestly, like, I mean, he, you still have to drag him around, but at least he would shut up. Uh, I feel like MT, as much as they've been jumping into action in the past episode, they still don't really want to kill anybody, you know? <laughs> Wait five minutes. <laughs> in show. Listen, there's like. That's, I, like degrees, to be fair, right? that's like self defense that they have to do that later. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't feel like Mirror Tulip wants to kill anyone, but I feel like they are absolutely willing to if it comes down to it, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, uh, they tell Mace to shut the fuck up and tosses him on Alan Dracula's back to make things go easier. This is the most helpful Alan Dracula has ever been. Yeah, surprisingly, Alan Dracula is okay with having a man bleed goop all over him, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, they start walking off into the distance away from the train instead, because I guess MT decided to go the other way. I, I don't... I, they were walking towards the train before, and now they decided to go the other way. I'm not really sure why. Well, it's like MT doesn't want to be on the train. Well, yeah, the but, whole thing. but they started walking, to, like dragging him towards the train anyway before then. Like before this, when they were like, fuck it, and I guess trying to just leave the train fully. Yeah, I mean, I, especially because of Mace's song there, I mm -hmm. feel like this is MT finally, well, not finally, but saying, okay, well, I couldn't get off the train that way. I'm going to get off the train this way. Yeah. I think their first instinct is probably to go back, sure, because that's all they've ever known, but ultimately they want to get away, so... That's true. Okay. Yeah. 
But yeah. Along the way, uh, like, MT stresses that they'd rather be in this situation of being stuck in the wasteland, I guess, with a shitty cop than become a cop like him. <laughs> and then she just straight up calls him a coward because he was terrified of losing himself when his prime died that he chose to be a cop instead. <laughs> rather than have his memory erased and be a... Um, Wait, yeah, you, because you become a reflection of somebody else later on, right, if you do that? Yeah, yeah, either you have all your memories which deleted I guess, and you become a new person's reflection, which or I, I you... guess means that you would also have to have your, like, appearance altered, right? Yep. Huh. Yeah, that's... I mean, the appearance alters all the time, because you only get to look like what you reflect, so... Yeah, it, 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 it's weird because they don't really bring that part up of like, oh yeah, you would have your memory erased and be a reflection of somebody else, but they don't really address the whole like, yeah, but that also means that your old sense of self, besides your personality, is also erased because you have to have your face and body adjusted and stuff. Now, I'm a little surprised that they didn't bring this up. Like, MT specifically calls Mace a coward for not wanting to lose his memories of who he was, but... Like, I feel like he could very easily say the same thing about them. You know, they ran so they wouldn't have to be Tulip anymore. Yeah, like, they, they, well, I mean, yeah, because if, if they had stayed stuck around, then they wouldn't have been Tulip anymore, but they still would just be stuck reflecting somebody else. So it's like, it's the same exactly, situation yeah. anyway. Or, I mean, because, like, well, I mean, that, well, would, that would only have mattered if Tulip died, is the thing. Cause like, yeah, but yeah. more to the point, I guess, I'm trying to get is that, like, MT ran because they didn't want to face that choice of be someone else entirely or be a cop. Mm -hmm. And so they chose, no, I'm going to be me. That's like their whole theme. Yeah. But it is a contrast with Mace's potential cowardice in choosing to be a cop rather than lose himself. Mm -hmm. And I just don't. Maybe if the episode was a little longer, we would have gotten that conversation, I think. Because it's yeah. a very. It's an interesting reflection, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That aside, uh, basically, eventually the wasteland just starts to fuck with them, <laughs> as best I can put it, because it starts to just slow their progress until eventually they're even starting to walk backwards. And basically, claims <laughs> that this is what the train does to denizens: that you're just screwed. You're tied to the train. You can't get off of it just by trying to get away from it. You're just Ma like magically tethered to it i guess or whatever train bullshit it is i honestly don't know if this is a denizen thing or an everybody thing because we don't know enough yeah, about the wasteland true. we haven't seen a passenger get off the train this way and try to just walk but yep. i mean to be fair tulip tried to get off the train that way back in episode one but then gomes appeared so it was like fuck this i'd rather be on the train where there's no monsters i guess <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but speaking of gomes, uh, they then emerge on the, from the ground and start to chase after them. So Alan Dracula makes basically a bubble shield out of his horns to protect MT, and I guess also Mace because he's stuck with them still. <laughs> <laughs> he's saved by proxy of uh, Alan Dracula caring about MT and also himself. Because he's, he's basically just dangling from the ceiling in this. <laughs> like he's kind of got to be a little bit uncomfortable, I would think, to have you dangling from your horns in a big ball made of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird that my episode description is kind of actually really short compared to yours, but it's like, it's really just a lot of conversation about, like, the train in general and Mace just being a dickhead, and I'm kind of just glossing over a lot of it because he's just an asshole. Yeah. Well, uh, no, it's kind of the same. It, it's, uh, it's a Cassie episode situation. It's very introspective, it's yeah. very all about what's going on with their internal lives. 
but in this specific case, one of the characters whose internal lives we're examining is just an absolute monster that we don't want to talk about. Yeah, like, we, we lost Jesse and replaced him with this dickhead, and it's like, oh, okay, Jesse was at least way more entertaining to talk about because his entire, you know, character arc this entire time is him learning to stand up for himself and choose his own things that he does rather than just go along with whatever anybody says compared to Mace just being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where, like, that even gets addressed, because, like, at one point, uh, MT's just like, were you just, was your prime also an asshole, or is this just you? <laughs> <laughs> He's just kind of like, Ugh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in any case. Uh, speaking of being an asshole, he's still being an asshole about MT, Jesse, and Alan Dracula, saying that they were living out a life of a passenger and did what they expect if they could actually exit to the real world with metal skin and a magic beer. Like, what was your plan going to be if you went into the real world like that? And it's like, you know, I, I, that, br that does bring up the good question of like, well, we do know actually that the train does really exist in this continuity, in this show, and it's not just like, uh, you know, it's not like the, like, uh, your mind makes it real or it wasn't like a dream or anything <laughs> like that. This thing actually does exist, but it's like, it does bring up a lot of good questions of like, what would actually happen if MT and Alan Jack could escape to the real world kind of deal. <laughs> Listen, Grace didn't realize that MT wasn't human until she saw that MT didn't have a number, so... Uh, true, but it's like, I feel like most people in the in the normal world, especially in, like, the 2020s that this is set in, would probably know that somebody who has gray metal skin. <laughs> no, it's fine, they don't have a number, so they're a human. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't notice anything different about Alan Dracula, because he's just a normal everyday deer. That's just what every deer well, does. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in any case, uh, Mace then says that the chrome car possibly exists just to have allowed Tulip to learn a lesson by basically using MT, like all the train is in the end. And at this, MT said that they made their own choice, like, just in general, of, like, escaping from there and living their own life. And that they and Jesse are real friends, and that they're not a reflection of sorts to him by being his counterpart. Basically just a, a to exist to, like, help him along or anything, like a lot of people think mm -hmm. the denizens only exist to be. Well... I think they're only half right, though, because MT does say that they made their own choices, and that's why they get to exist, but, like, that's not super true. By their own choices, MT couldn't escape the car. They needed Tulip's help to do that, so... Yeah, but, I mean, it, they wanted to leave, it's just that they were stuck there because of the stupid rules of the chrome car. Yeah, I'm just, like, that is a half-truth, I think, because... Mm -hmm. They definitely didn't leave under their own power. It wasn't their own decision to do that. It was Tulip's decision to help them that let them leave. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they were about to throw Tulip under the bus to leave. <laughs> but then Tulip was like, well, actually, yes. this whole situation is fucked and you're going to get killed by the cops, so let's <laughs> not let that happen. <laughs> uh, in, any point, in any case, this is going to be over soon because uh, Mace is just really testing their patience. <laughs> Uh, he goes on to continue that, to say that no matter what, they're still stuck on the train, but MT says that they'll find a way off the train by thinking of looking for the passenger pods that, uh, people emerge into, what, to get, like, basically, I, and I don't know, my notes are all over the place with this, like, they think that if they look <laughs> for the pods that passengers emerge from, they'll be able to get their own number, because they assume that that's how people get their numbers, and then be right. able to escape by lowering the number themselves, just like Jesse did. Makes sense to me. Yep. Uh, Alan Dracula rolls them for a while, because MT says it's time to go, but eventually kind of just pops his horn bubble, <laughs> which <laughs> I said that, said that, said that sounds bad. Episode <laughs> uh, uh, title potential right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's too late. You already said yeah. it. 
Like, I have written down my notes, pop the boring the born bubble. That's just me speaking verbatim. <laughs> but yeah, but eventually, when they clearly cannot, out cannot outrun the gomes, uh, MT basically uses the velocity they built up to launch themselves backwards towards the train, because I guess that's just how physics works now. <laughs> Where it, I guess if you're running fast in one direction away from this magnetic pole, you just let yourself go and you'll slingshot back. <laughs> I guess, like, I, I guess that's kind of physics. I don't know, I can't do any of that stuff in Zelda, but, uh, you know, Zelda has a lot of weird physics fuckery at times. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and along the way, they also shoot the grapple pack towards the train to also be able to swing back onto it, because I guess maybe their momentum wasn't enough on its own. And at this point, Mace grabs onto their wrist and basically explains, I'm fucked out of her way, so I basically want to take you out with me kind of deal. Because, <laughs> I mean, somehow this man is still not just dead dead because of, like, Losing all his goop or whatever, but he's still coming in there, and he knows he's yeah. screwed. So might as well mutual destruction, I guess. Uh, if nothing else, th like if Tulip had just ripped the mask off, reduced him to goo, he goes back to the mirror world, and then at least they're not handcuffed to him. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that does bring up a good question of why not. Because like, to, like MT saw that they saw Atticus mm -hmm. <laughs> and one doing that to them when they were stuck in the ground a bit. <laughs> Yeah, and MT knows about the skins. They make yeah. a specific reference to them in this episode. Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird that they don't <laughs> do that and just get this guy gone. Because <laughs> like, even if he doesn't just goop back into the mirror world, he's probably at least going to still melt out of it. And then, oh yeah, look at that. No more dude on my arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, with this whole situation, Mace just basically says that he cannot think of a better way to go out than this. But empty then is like, I have a better way. And instead, uh, swings him around to the wheel spokes to grind him in the goop in a pretty fucking, uh, <laughs> savage, uh, <laughs> moment here where this guy is clearly in pain and agony as he's just grounded to death. <laughs> I like the part where we just got a long focus on MT's face as his innards spatter onto and like, them. Like, he's screaming for dear life, and meanwhile, like, they're just, like, have a look in their face and, like, fuck you, my guy, you're not trying to guilt me to stop this, because you're just gonna try to kill me anyway. <laughs> yep, MT yep. learned ACAB. Mm -hmm. uh, MT gets put on the board uh, for the kill count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, f first person in this show to have one, uh, probably also tied with Cassie, right? <laughs> if not beating Cassie already, because Cassie, I mean, uh, Cassie did kill that one Daxon in the warder, to be fair, so probably tied. Like, I'm not gonna go too deep into it, because that's Patreon content right yeah. now, but uh, MT is definitely in last place. Ah, uh, well, maybe we'll change that in the last two episodes. <laughs> There's still one more cop, maybe maybe they'll get ahead of Cassie, at least in this moment. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in any case, uh, they get back onto the top of the train and take a moment to save themselves, uh, call back AT AD with some grass, and basically just plans to wait for a pod to arrive. That's that whole episode. It's a lot of, like, uh, questioning existence and stuff like that, and a lot of the shitty cop, and then the shitty cop gets got. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I do want to say, like, as much as it's intense in the moment, MT definitely is feeling some things afterwards. Like, they have to stop and freak out and cry a little bit about what they just did. Yeah, so it's like, not... yeah, they, they are clearly like, yep, I uh, sure did kill a guy, huh? <laughs> My soul has been stained forever. If I have one of those, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I mean, regardless of what, like, the shitheads at the Apex say or even what Mace himself was saying a little bit of like people on the train existing just for passengers it's like Mace was still a person 
He was still mm -hmm. a reflection of another person who we don't know if he was just as shit as his reflection was, but, I mean, possibly, who knows. <laughs> but it's like, well, all traits of this guy are now dead, I guess, because Mace's, like, uh, prime, because he died at some point, and so he became a cop, and now he's dead, too. <laughs> yes. Yep. Good riddance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, like I said, there's still one more. Still get another thing there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think we have questions this week, right? Uh, we do not, but uh, thanks to one of our friends on Twitter, I have a bit now. So. Oh, oh uh, I didn't see this. What's this bit? Uh, yeah, so M not long ago on one of our question posts mentioned uh, a, a, a video of Jonathan Frakes just asking questions as part of segments on, what do you call it, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, weird and interesting. At the time, I had said that I would have you sit through all of them because they are strange questions, but ultimately I decided that I'm going to use this as a recurring bit. So in the future, whenever we don't get questions on episodes, we're going to do what's called Freaks Takes, which is to say we're going to go through three of these uh, rhetorical questions and um, ah. <laughs> see what happens. Fun. <laughs> So, our freaks takes for this week. The first one. Have you ever walked out of a mall into a huge parking area and realized you've forgotten where you parked your car? I mean, that's me everywhere, no matter how big the parking <laughs> lot is, to be fair. For the longest time, I, like, when I got my car, which is a 2010 Camry, which is, like, it's, like, that, like, blend of, like, blue and green... And it's like, when I, when I saw that car on the lot, and that was the one we went with, I was like, oh, I've never seen a car in this color. And of course, in the time since, I've always seen so many Toyota Camrys in the same shade. And it's because exactly, it's my car. Because I'm like, oh shit, that one's, that's a copy, that's mine. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's always the case of me being like, even just like, in, again, in like the grocery store, being like, where the fuck did I park? Where am I? It's not a big parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes uh, I forget that I don't have a car in Canada, and I leave a mall, and I go, where did I park? <laughs> oh, right, Texas. <laughs> it, it, it's really weird that, like, I never did had that moment when I was living in Japan for half a year, because I didn't have a car during that, because, like, I mean, to be fair, even with me getting re rescheduled to a different uh, school to work at right before I was about to start, after I was done with the training and stuff and all, it was still like in Tokyo. It's like it was just longer of a train drive, like a, a train drive, a train ride. So it's like I didn't miss it. Honestly, it felt a little bit freeing to not have to worry about gas and driving a car and potentially getting like now flat tires. Pretty sure this is actually my first flat tire ever. Weirdly enough, even though I've had my license since like late 2006. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had, I've had my license for like, what, 16 and a half years and this is the first time I've had a freaking flat tire? Fucking weird. <laughs> especially considering how... Yeah, that is weird. Especially considering how at that year of working at the Pet Boys and stuff, which was a shitty job, it's like, there were people coming in every fucking day for flat tires and it's like, how does everybody keep getting flat tires but me, apparently? And, and Well, it turns out the way I do that is by fucking driving on a curb the wrong way. <laughs> well, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, but this is like mostly people having like, oh, you got a nail in there, it's just too far, we can't fix the hole, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, no, I feel like that's just everybody that has a car, like, especially parking anywhere in America where everything's too fucking big. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, that's number one. Uh, second Freak's take for the episode. I want to clarify, the reason that I think these are interesting is because they're very casual questions mm -hmm. that are also very non-sequitur. Yeah. It's really goofy when you see them all in sequence, but also, uh, question two is, ever gone mountain biking? <laughs> no, can't say I have. <laughs> I mean, I've, uh... I've gone hiking, I've ridden bikes, I've just never done the two together because I know I would eat shit. <laughs> that's fair. I have technically gone mountain biking, but it wasn't, like, a huge deal. It was on an established trail. It was all well-maintained, so it mm -hmm. wasn't, like, just free riding across the mountain, you yeah, know? Yeah, I've also seen enough videos of, like, people riding, like, a mountain bike right, right near the edge of a cliff, and I'm just like, no fucking thank you. No thanks. <laughs> Fuck this. Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh. Sounds good. And our third and final Frakes take for the day is, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> um, does that really apply to us, considering we're both adults? Uh, I mean, that's kind of a... Uh, am I? I don't think I am. <laughs> I, I, look, a lot, of, uh, a lot of adults these days might not feel like adults, but we are legally considered adults. So it's like, I feel like, especially... Like, I know you're legally considered adult at 18. I feel like once you get past 30, it's like, yeah, you are an adult adult. Because it's like, it's something I always think back to of like, wow, at this point when my mom was the age I am, she already was a mom at three. Because I was like, she was like 28 when she had me. And it's like, how, how the fuck does anybody have a kid under the age of like 40 these days? <laughs> that's well, that's certainly that fair. I just like, as an entity that has divorced itself from the concept of space time, like... What even is an adult? <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's a very large person who's contributed taller than a little kid. You know, well, like... by that metric, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I guess hotter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's um, that's really the the extent of my uh, thought considering the future, considering everything. It's fucked as it is. <laughs> Not just uh, not not with my own personal thing from this week in general. I mean, like a lot of stuff is just fucked. That it's like, how can anybody <laughs> think of the future long term or anything? With everything going the way it is. I guess that's fair. Uh, mm -hmm. My answer to this question is pretty much always T one thousand. So <laughs> <laughs> listen, I just want to be a Google robot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, unfortunately, in this reality, to being a Google robot, you'd have to also be a cop. Mm, unpleasant. Yeah, that kind of takes away from a lot of the factor, uh, a lot of the fun factor of being a goo uh, robot, huh? Well, uh, I guess to be fair, the T-1000 was also a cop, so... Yeah, I guess that is true, yeah. Hmm. Are there any, um, like, Terminators that, like, go against their programming to not be cops in the entirety of Terminator? Uh, I mean... That's like, uh, 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 I guess you could say the T-800 from Terminator 2. Yeah, because he was... goes back in time to protect the person rather than try to kill them like the first movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then definitely the um, the, the T-800 from uh, Dark Fate, because he just like got left behind back in time and mm -hmm. started a life and had kids and a wife and... <laughs> Okay, that brings up a good question. If I was a goo robot, 
reproduce, because, like, I assumed that was well, all goop and not an actual functional dick. <laughs> now, the T-800, that's the one that looks like Arnold, so that's got living tissue over a metal exoskeleton, okay. or endoskeleton. Okay. Now, that said, they were adopted kids. He didn't. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so that does answer my question, I guess, of it's not a functional dick, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Terminators ain't got nards. Um. Okay, so, so Terminators are not like crystal, are not like crystal gems, or I guess gems in general, because gems can, like, change up their entire, like, inner workings to be able to produce kids with humans. <laughs> yes. Um. There's a lot of shit there if we ever actually do this at the same universe, to be fair. <laughs> There's a lot of questions about how gems work in general. <laughs> I believe that some of the Terminator later models could potentially do something like that, but it's not really something that's ever explored in the series. So yeah, kind of kind of like, reminds me how like Yokotaro was talking about stuff like, oh yeah, the androids in Nier Automata, if they really wanted to, they can replicate a pregnancy, and it's like. Al? And also, why would they be built that way? <laughs> Yo, Kotaro, they're designed to fight another war with other machines. Why would they be potentially built and programmed to be able to replicate pregnancy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, the T-900 is much more advanced infiltration, right? Mm -hmm. So, I feel like if any Terminator could do it, it's that one, but... But also, like, the T-5000 is a thing, and it can just do the stuff that the T-5000 does. I don't want to talk about Terminator. <laughs> Genesis. I mean, Genesis is a bad movie. <laughs> wasn't Dark Fate also not good? Because I also definitely I forgot... I liked that... Dark Fate a lot. I absolutely forgot that there was not only a movie called Genesis with, like, a Y, but also that there was another one called Dark Fate. <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate is a very good movie. It's just that the thing is, it's Terminator 2 again. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so it's kind of like how, like, Force Awakens is good, but it's really just... The, a new hope again <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> but it's it's terminator 2 but you take yeah. out the little kid that's the only difference yeah. Ep episode 7 is episode 4 uh, after like five years of hrt because <laughs> yeah. you have a girl jedi instead <laughs> <laughs> all right in any case uh i have a decent amount of trivia here because uh shit's getting crazy at this point in the show <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only new voice actor I wrote down, I didn't write down, like, all the, like, various, uh, extra kids, because, again, they're, like, similar, like, voiced by different members of the staff in times who have voiced, like, people like the bullies that, uh, Jesse is Erko's friends with and stuff like that. <laughs> but Simon, who we didn't meet last episode, is voiced by Kyle McCarley, which, if you know this guy, has been in fucking everything. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, he's really not in any, like, live-action TV. He's mostly in, like, anime, cartoons, and video games. I have a huge list here, because he is Hellram on Seven Deadly Sins, Mikazuki Argus in, Gun in Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, uh, I said a lot of anime, I'm gonna mispronounce some of these names, because I don't watch a lot of this stuff, uh, Shige <laughs> Shigeo Kagayama in Mob Psycho 100, Mark in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Louis Blackwheel in Little Witch Academia, Iruka Umino in Naruto and Boruto. Apparently, he's new voice actor for them. They originally had Quentin Flynn, aka Axel from Kingdom Hearts, in the original and until 2018, I guess. Who voiced <laughs> the guy? Uh, Yushiro in Demon Slayer. Ninas in Dear Automata. Speaking of Dear Automata. Alm Sorin and the Gatekeeper from the Fire Emblem series. The Gatekeeper specifically being from Three Houses and like also like the mobile game and stuff. Uh, <laughs> he is also Ganabelt Valkyris in Tales of Arise. I've not played Tales of Arise, I just saw the name Ganabelt Valkyris and I was like, I gotta put this on the list. Because <laughs> also I know people like Tales of Arise, after a lot of Tales games recently not being that great. <laughs> or, 
I mean, I know people like Berseria, but I feel like the ones after Berseria, up until Rise, were like, yeah. Uh, and he was apparently also visible on the screens alongside Grace back in the finale of Season 1. Oh, I did not notice. Actually, I know you, I know we still have that footage there. I want to see if he's actually on there. Uh, uh, he's definitely not in the screenshot I posted. Yeah, yeah, he's not in the same screenshot, but he must be in, like, the the shots when, like, you're, uh, really is scrolling through other people to find tulips. Like, he must be on there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, other things we have here is related to last week's trivia, the mall car was initially pitched as part of the 10-episode run, uh, from season one, as the episode where one would have been replaced by that parasitic egg that I mentioned. That episode <laughs> was removed because it didn't really impact Tulip's emotional journey in favor. Like, they basically did the episode The Unfinished Car instead. And I guess the mall car idea just got repurposed for season two right here instead. Yeah, it's definitely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lucy was meant to actually appear in the episode in a scene that was described as having cult vibes. As though this episode doesn't have enough of that. <laughs> or at least episode <laughs> seven then. But was cut, so even though her voice actress is credited in the episode, uh, we'll cover that when Lucy actually appears later on, because also I forgot to write it down. <laughs> uh, related to that, the, yeah, you don't want to end up like Lucy was meant, line was meant to allude to that scene, but instead it now foreshadows her intro later on. Uh, yeah. Owen oh, then it specified that Grace should refer to Jesse by name while ignoring using MTs and put her hands on his shoulder or stand between the two because this is a common tactic among cult leaders to create a fake bond with other people. So real fucked uh, up. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. The uh, I've mentioned a while back that in my viral deception class, we had a cop come to class mm -hmm. and tell us about how you uh, get people to tell you things they don't want you to. And one of the things he talked about kind of a lot is how much you have to make physical contact. And, like, I, I mentioned at the time that a lot of his techniques were basically designed to torture neurodivergent people. But he's talking a lot about deliberately making, like, putting your hands on arms and shoulders and, like, you make contact because that subconsciously makes people like you more yeah and... like it, it probably is like oh it's the thing that like helps you get like more comfortable around them or something even though me myself would be like well you're also not asking for consent that's a person yes exactly <laughs> so fuck <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah no Yay. i mean just sit there sit there in a cell while a cop touches you over and over yeah, again no, and you're thanks. not allowed to yeah mm -hmm, no thanks mm -hmm. even if i wasn't a trans person no fucking thanks <laughs> no no <laughs> Uh, moving on from that horrifying thing, uh, the green ghost guy from the cube car is apparently named Philodor. I didn't see Aww. a voice actor related to him really, and I didn't see any credit showing that he comes back, so I guess he was a one-off. Aww. Yeah. Yep. Well, I like him better now that he's got a name. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now we relate to him. Once you, <laughs> once, once the, once the, uh, individual has a name, you grow attached to them. <laughs> Oh, uh, real quick, another mm -hmm. thing the cop said is that they want, they'll, like, pass you a cup of coffee or something, because holding a warm item subconsciously makes you like someone more, so if a cop tries to hand you something, don't take it. Yeah, I mean, warm drinks also just, like, help calm you down and stuff in general. Well, no, now, to be clear, it's, you're not getting the drink. They're not giving it to you. They're just asking you to hold it for a second, and then they take it back. Oh, then. <laughs> because, you see, the idea is that they have asked you to do this thing, and that's trust they're placing in you. And also, it's a warm item, so it gives you that, that subconscious bump of affection. And, yeah. Oh, it's, it's all mind games with these guys. Yep. 
I don't know if any of that's true or not, but that's what he told us, and I believe that he was telling us the truth insofar as he wanted us to know how to get people to tell the truth, because that was his job. Yep. Rip and piss mace. <laughs> yeah. Alright, moving on. Uh, speaking of mace, the song that he sings, as I alluded to, is a spin on the Christmas Carol, I Saw Three Ships, which, as I said earlier, I've never heard of it before, but apparently there's also different versions of this too, like official versions of the song like there's a new year's version mm -hmm. i don't know how yeah. i never heard of this song because i listened to it afterwards and i was like i never heard this song what the fuck <laughs> it's a really big one in christmas music i don't know how you missed it yeah i mean to be fair like for the most part like especially ever since living on my own and stuff like i really don't put the radio on around christmas i mean to be fair i don't really have the radio on at all because i'm just like usually listening to something on my phone but it's like i specifically don't do that because it's like i'm gonna hear enough christmas music anyway just out and about <laughs> existing during the two months leading up to Christmas, basically once Halloween's over anyway, because it's gonna be in every fucking store. So it's like I'm gonna hear enough. I just I mean, apparently I never guess heard that's it. Fair. Yeah, just never have heard if it somehow. If you do that, then you don't get to pick your own Christmas music. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to pick Twisted Sisters' Twisted Christmas album, or <laughs> it's a very Pony Christmas by the My Little Pony cast, or. <laughs> Or uh, uh, the song that Rebecca Sugar made for Amphibia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was something... Oh, yeah, I, had, I didn't write this down, but there was also a bit there that, like, apparently some of the crew were not all that thrilled about using the song, but I think it was, like, Owen Davis who was like, yeah, or Dennis who was like, yeah, but I want to put it in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Dennis usually gets a lot of... Uh... <laughs> yeah. He usually gets, like, last A because he is the show lead and everything. Yeah, but it's more, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, he is, he, not that he has a lot of sway, he's the show leader, obviously he yeah. does, but he tends to get what he wants with regards to specific pop culture references, mm -hmm. where other people might not. Yeah. Not that I think a 400-year-old song is a pop culture reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, a, I mean, it's not enough of one for me to not have heard of it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I understood the Hagen Doss reference because it just said Dagenhaus, but it's like I didn't yeah. get the, I didn't ever hear this song before. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, a bit fun bit of trivia here is apparently like the Deaf and Mace is referred to by fans as the Episode Eight curse because in the previous Episode Eight, that was when Atticus got shot point blank and became a gome. <laughs> oh, that tracks, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's also the episode where there's gomes. <laughs> uh, true, yeah. Uh, apparently also Mace's death got some attention from, you know, just the media in general for how violent it is in the show aimed at a family audience, because it is, it is real fucking dark a little bit. <laughs> like, that man is getting literally ground up to dust, or I guess goop in that case, by a train wheel. <laughs> Full dead. Uh, the nature of the comb cars discussed by N.T. Mace was originally also going to be dialogue for N.T. and Tulip in that episode. Just, I guess, got repurposed here because there was too much going on in that episode. A uh, little bit more here I have is that according to the writers, Mace's viewpoint is that he is stuck in a terrible, terrible world, so he might as well do ter horrible things. Cool. Oh wow, what a cop. <laughs> yeah, what a cop. Uh, yeah, uh, related to this all, uh, Cartoon Network only approved of the death scene because Mace is not human, of which... Yeah, and my notes there says, of which no cap is. Uh, but it's like, <laughs> it, it brings up like a bit of a discussion with Cartoon Network where it's like, well, the whole point of this 
season is to prove that the denizen of the train are people. Just because this guy has gray metal skin, you're basically saying he's not human as a result. Which is, again, he's a cop, but still, but it's like, <laughs> it's still weird that Cartoon Network of all people were like, Oh yeah, you can kill this guy off. He's not, he's not a flesh and blood person. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, in a similar uh, sort of situation, I believe this was in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but when you're making toys, there's a special tax that only applies if you're making toys of humans, yeah? Mm -hmm. And so Marvel got away with making X-Men toys without that tax because they're not humans, so they don't count. Because <laughs> so. they're mutants, I guess, right? <laughs> uh-huh, yep, they're mutants, and that was enough of a loophole to... <sighs> uh, that, that feels like some law got changed afterwards, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not like that's the entire point of the X-Men, is that they're just people trying to live their lives or Yeah, whatever. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing I have for these episodes is that apparently the reason that gums appear before people is when they're at their lowest point, since they are attracted to negative energy, according to the crew. So they, they literally basically just prey upon, like, people's worst inhibitions and fears, I guess. <laughs> Doesn't really. I mean, it kind of sure, doesn't. Kind of doesn't explain why they showed up the tulip in the first episode because it's like she was just like running from the train because she was like, "Where the fuck am I?" That wasn't like her like depressed or anything. Like we didn't get gum. I mean, to be fair, she was on the train when she was really at her lowest point after Atticus got blasted. But it's like, no gums were able to get there. I guess even though you know he was a gum at that point, but that's yeah. different. He, he was created there rather than just emerging from the ground. Compared yeah, to like, for sure. Yeah, compared to, like, MT and in a lot of ways, base because he is literally fucking bleeding out at that point. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that probably explains why Gomes appeared before them in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got, though. Well, yeah, I mean, that is a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot is the thing. Yeah. Um... Honestly, I feel like we should probably just move into plugs because we've we've been going for a while and uh, yeah, it's already two hours. <laughs> I don't know if you have any closing thoughts you have about these episodes, but um, you know, I hope you see why I am why I enjoy this season so much retroactively. It's <laughs> it's just uh, very impactful to me to, you know be forced to fight for your very existence all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also to see mm. at least one cop get his comeuppance. Yeah, well. <laughs> and we'll do more of a retrospective on that uh, next episode of ours, but, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so, yeah, if you... It's weird to think that, like, after, you know, like after next week, we're going to be done with uh, Jesse and MT. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's It's kind of... I hate it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was also kind of partly why I didn't really continue past season one, because I, I didn't realize it was an anthology season, and initially I was like, oh, but no more tulips? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess I'm done with this for the moment. <laughs> it's... I don't know how to describe it exactly. Like, MT's story in this season is very compact and very good, and I like it a lot. So that's great. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It just it it's so frustrating how good they are at making you want more of the character when you know that you're only gonna have what is it like a like, hundred minutes total. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It would only be like an hour and a half, right? 
I mean, a little more than an hour and a half with the character. Yeah, because every episode is 10 minutes, there's 10 episodes, so 100 minutes. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess technically we got, like, a little bit extra time with uh, MT because they were in Season 1, and then I guess also kind of applies with Grace because they were in Season 2 a bit. Yeah, I Although, suppose. again, to be fair, again, currently Grace just fucking sucks, so really curious to see what changes there. <laughs> yeah, we, we hate Grace. We don't stand her. <laughs> I'm guessing um, she probably doesn't really get better, then. <laughs> listen, people are complicated. <laughs> yeah, true, but uh, also, in these cases, these kids come across as very racist. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that, like, Listen, you don't get more racist than saying they're not really people, they don't have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but, um, yeah, if you have enjoyed this uh, detailed analysis of a bunch of teenage Nazis, <laughs> you can... Oh, boy. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket uh, my account is currently locked because i'm searching for employment so you'll have to send me your request but i probably let you in as long as you're not a nazi or a porn bot and i'm also on co-host at nobody and of course i'm on several actual play games through all on the table uh, running saturdays at 3 p.m eastern time and I continue to still be at the underscore Oblivion on Twitter and just Oblivion on co-host, which at some point I'll remember I have. <laughs> haven't been on there in a while because I forgot my login again. <laughs> I really should at least log into there whenever we have an episode go up so I can post it there too, but I don't think we really have anybody following the podcast on there, to be fair. And also, to be fair, co-host is also kind of strange with... Like, I, I get that it's, like, still in its early stages, but it's a little bit weird because it's, like, you know, me, like, being like, oh, you can't actually directly message somebody through co-host? It, it's strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, it'll get there in time, especially <laughs> compared to how Twitter's going, it's only a matter of time before co-host is the better option in general, I think. Well, I mean, we'll see what it ends up being, but there'll be something. Yeah. Maybe it'll be Mastodon. I hope not, because I do not want a Mastodon, but maybe. Wasn't there some bullshit about Mastodon? Uh, it's... Mastodon is weird, because it's, like, very, uh... Decentralized, very anti-corporate, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Which means it is... Depending on where you are on Mastodon, it is either Nazi Central or Extreme Anarchists. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Obviously, I prefer one end of that, but you got to be careful with Mastodon because you're basically mm. joining private servers, kind of like a Discord. Right. Oh, these I'm yawning a little. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm. Well, we better wrap up. <laughs> yep. Uh, for the future, uh, not that episode. Uh, 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 in the future, uh, <laughs> if you have questions for us, you can send them to us at osweirdoscast on Twitter. Or to usweirdoscast at gmail.com, or I think it's just at usweirdos on co-host. Uh, we exist in many places, and our branding is mostly consistent, but not always. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we just have usweirdoscast on everything, right? I don't think we have it on co-host is the thing. Um, I thought we kept it the same just to make sure it was uh, just uniform. 
I don't remember, and I'm not going to look right now. So for the moment, I think... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just as Weirdos cast. If it's not, it's us Weirdos. I think I think it's the former, though. <laughs> I know we definitely have at Weirdos, but that's like a backup, so... Oh, I didn't know we got that. <laughs> yeah, we got just at Weirdos. Uh, you, must, you must have uh, registered that before I actually got access to Kellos in general, then. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, either way, uh, I think at this point there is not much left to say, as evidenced by our rambling about social media. Uh, so until next time, remember, us weirdos have, have to, to stick, stick together. together. Bye. Bye. Throw cops under trains. <laughs>